this is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Eric. And today is what, Will? It is Manic Monday. And we're not going to talk Ooh. about Kim Jong-un for like five extra minutes this time. All right. <laughs> okay. This is our second time to record this. Great. The first time we, we tried streaming this, there was a weird thumbnail. And I, I said the guy looked like Kim Jong-un. But obviously he's not on America's Got Talent or, or The Masked Singer or any of those types of shows. Anyways... Why are we here today on 420? Well, <laughs> again, it's not legal in the state that I'm in. Yeah. So. yeah, it's unfortunate you can't play Fire Emblem in your state. But <laughs> if you're in a state where you can play Fire Emblem legally, it's Fire Emblem's 30th birthday. Yeah. Yes! Originally released on 420, 1990. And now it is 420, 2020. Lots of 20s. All right. It's the. 30th year of Fire Emblem existing. Yeah. The first game was called What Will? Very first game? I don't know, man. You put me on the spot. All right. Forget Fire Emblem. What's important a, today? Well, you had two different names for it last Listen, time, so. listen, dude. <laughs> what important announcement do you have? Oh, so I have two for the, the quick topics. So one is congratulations to our boy, Insulation00. He's over 50,000 subscribers. And you should go subscribe, video. too. Mm-hmm. He's got that cheat code of a voice. And he just did a video proving that the Warthog run could exist on a Pillar of Autumn. It was like that was three, actually really interesting. Three yeah. times yeah. the size of the actual Pillar of Autumn. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go watch that video. It's good. And uh, also, you know, watch the eight-minute video on his thing that leads you back to our channel because that's important too anyways um the second thing all right second thing we got videos coming out with nathan sifu gaming next week shout out to nathan sifu he just surpassed like 500 subscribers a couple weeks ago go subscribe to his channel too um but (laughs) unfortunately we have a monday video coming out with him where we're discussing games coming in may and there's going to be a bunch missing because we recorded this video like three weeks ago. And I was like, ah, there won't be new games coming in May. <laughs> nah. So naive, Chris. <laughs> Pod Racer doesn't exist. Nah. So if you watch that video, take it with a grain of salt. There's going to be some stuff missing that's coming out in May that we didn't cover. I still like the games I picked as the ones I'm excited for. Yeah. Like uh, uh, he picked My Little Pony. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, yes. And Kitty, uh, Hello Kitty Cruisers. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Good job. Thanks, yeah, don't don't bag Hello Kitty Cruisers. That's like some triple A gameplay right there. Yes. <laughs> it's also like the most expensive Wii U game. Anyways, it transcends um, the genre and also the uh, platform. Yeah. So it, man, I cried playing the game. The story <laughs> really, the story really got me of Hello Kitty Cruisers. Whew. Uh, today, Fire Emblem turned thirty. Well, I think Eric already stole my thunder and gave that away. So it's. <laughs> 30 years old today. All right, so I'm going to run you through, not with a sword, but with all the information on the Fire Emblem series. <laughs> um, the original Fire Emblem game came out on the Famicom in Japan only for 2019-90. I think I already said that. We're going to say it again. It was originally called Fire Emblem Dark Dragon and the Sword of Light, but it's been retconned to be Fire Emblem uh, Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light to match the DS title. Okay. It's weird because that happens a lot with titles that come over here and so have to change the name from yeah. the Japanese title. And I don't really see 
much of a difference between those two titles. I'm not sure why they did that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, did, Marth, Marth did not wear pants in the first one. He just had that like skirt <laughs> and the like Greek sandals. You mean Mars? It, so. You mean Mars? Mars. That's right. Mars. Sorry. Yeah. Different character. <laughs> Since the original release of Fire Emblem on 4 201990 there have been 15 mainline releases, not including Fire Emblem Warriors, and also not including Tokyo Mirage Sessions FV. Okay? All right. But including Heroes, because that's clearly main yeah. line. And number one. No. <laughs> Will, you no can good, leave. Though. You can leave the podcast. No, I, I support Goodbye. Will. Keeping it in. You can leave oh, the podcast. No! no. <laughs> Chris wields too yeah, much power. We, we stand. We stand. New Year Camilla in this podcast. Oh no. <laughs> All of the Camilla alts. Oh my gosh. Summer Camilla. No. Um, Summer Camilla. Listen, yeah. mm-hmm. Shadow Dragon uh, and whatever, Blade of Light, the retcon name, came out for 2019 um, Probably changed the whole genre because before that you had uh, Famicom Wars, which was essentially yep. like. Yeah. It was like Fire Emblem, but, you know, the units dying didn't really matter as much and it was like tanks and planes and. People yeah. fighting mm-hmm. with guns. Definitely not cool like swords and shields and axes <laughs> and lances and horses no. and, you know, ballistas and all that good stuff. Second game was Gaiden in 1992. All right. And just Ninja so you know. Gaiden? No. Fire <laughs> Emblem Gaiden. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And by the way, the first, the sales for the first game just topped over 329,000 units sold. The second game, 324,000 units sold. And these are all Shozo Kagas. If I did I say that right? Yeah, Sh- yeah, Shozo yeah Kagas. Shozo Kaga. Yep. And he was the he was like the Godfather, well, not the Godfather, the father of Fire Emblem at the time. All right, and he kind of came up with this, and I think he was like in college with a couple of his friends when they entered the Nintendo space and created Fire Emblem. But yeah. then we had Mystery of the Emblem coming out in 1994, and this was the best-selling Fire Emblem game at the time at 776,000 copies sold. And it was the first Super Famicom Fire Emblem game. And it was a remake of the first game with an added story on the second half. And if you had played the first game, they let you skip the first half of this game altogether and just play the second half because it was a new story. But what's what's the weird thing that it took to get on a Super Famicom cartridge is they actually cut like three levels and five characters. Yeah, so mm. in order to squeeze that, yeah. double the game of a Famicom game, they actually cut some levels and some characters out. So people don't actually consider this version of the game the definitive version of Shadow Dragon, um, which is interesting. Um, I think there's actually a hack to add those back in in an emulator state. So if you really wanted to play the full Mystery of the Emblem, there are like ways to do so. Interesting. The, fourth game, as I put out the first time we tried to cover this subject, <laughs> Genealogy of the Holy War. That's a mouthful, okay? Yeah. This is a game where the maps are like five or six CRT screens to get across them. Like, imagine you're on an old CRT screen, you know, square box, right? And you have to cross what is that? like six different loading screens not a loading screen, nothing loads in cartridges. You have to cross like six areas of that CRT to get to the end of the map. Like there's like multiple levels on one map essentially. Yeah, each chapter had multiple objectives. Uh and then on top of that it had a very Why am I not showing gameplay? Very ambitious like yeah, show some gameplay story. Is. Yeah. 
I'll throw that up. But yeah, it had very, a very deep story, like a very character-driven story. There's, you know, people joke that like it steals or Game of Thrones steals from it because <laughs> dragons come back as a plot point, like noble houses and strife is a plot point. Like, there's a big plot twist. That's a big plot point. It's a mm-hmm. great game. It's really fun, and it's like. If you like that old anime, like 80s anime <laughs> style, like it, that aesthetic is just like in this game. <laughs> yeah, th- this is a really great um, English translated game. Like so, so far, none of these games have made it to the states. I just want to reiterate, none of these games made it stateside in this timeline we're in right now. We're on Earth Prime. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Listen. we're not. It hasn't come to this timeline yet. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and it's like, it, it, if you want to play it, you got to emulate it. But there is yeah. a really great English translation out there. On serenesforest.net. Go get it. Yeah. All right. And then, so after they made this game, it was like so ambitious and the maps were so large. Um, and it sold almost 500,000 copies. So it was relatively successful in the Fire Emblem franchise. More successful than both of the Famicom releases. The Super Famicom release. Mm-hmm. They were like, alright, let's take this formula. Let's shrink it down, add more chapters, and make it a more streamlined story without all of this extra stuff going on with the romantic partners, the kids, the extra generations. Like, we're going to make mm-hmm. Thracia 776. But we're also going to make it really freaking hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> this was the last game that Shozokaga did, and he did a lot of stuff that never came back in any of the other nope. games. Like, permanent fog of war, uh, but the big one was the fatigue meter. So yeah. you couldn't oh, fatigue use... Fatigue are the worst. Yeah, you couldn't use, like, the characters that you liked all the time. You really had to, like, balance, like, your army out. Uh, also, capturing is a way to get items and like stuff you had to capture enemies and like that came back their by gear. the way that did go back yeah that eventually did come back but in fate it wasn't well received yeah <laughs> at least in this one it was kind of a weird mechanic too because there's only one character on each of the different fates paths that's allowed to steal and to capture that, yeah mm-hmm. and then you get like these like generic no-name units that you can convince to join your team it's like yeah, I'm gonna capture so you good. now. Join my team. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like yeah. Whereas in, in Thracia, it's like you captured them, you took all their stuff, and then you would shoot them out into the map, and they would just evaporate. Like it's like <laughs> exactly. we're done with you. You don't exist anymore. <laughs> we took all your clothes. Now it's shameless. You're shameful yeah. and naked. Like all right, listen. Skyrim item strats for sure. So. Thracia 7 and 76 did not sell very well compared to the other yeah. Fire Emblem games. It only sold 145,000 copies. So think about that. The first two games, 300 plus thousand each. This one did not even sell half of that. Yeah. Shozo Kaga left and uh, produced the well-known but also uh, sued to the ground by Nintendo Tiernanog games, um, which would be the, um, I'm trying to remember, uh, it was originally called Emblem Saga. And it ended up be calling tearing it was saga? Te- like, yeah, it was a tearing or tearing. Yeah. I don't know which. It was that one, and then there was also one I believe sort of the B Barrack Saga. I think Barrack. B- I think so. I'm not sure. Berwick. I'm not like a professional Fire Emblem YouTuber or anything. I'm just an enthusiast. <laughs> series, but like, but in yeah, between, it, in between that and and now, he hadn't released anything until he released uh, Vistaria Saga. Uh, Vistaria yeah. Saga. Yeah. Yeah, Vistaria Saga, which is interesting because it's like. 
if we're going to segue into that, it plays exactly like Genealogy and Thracia, mm-hmm. which is weird because like those games, they're fun to play, but they're definitely, you can tell, it's like, oh, these are games that came out like 30, you know, 25 years ago. But like Vistaria Saga plays exactly like they do. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think he made this an RPG maker, which is pretty yes, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I so, mean, because it was basically him and, like, one or two other people. So it's, like, it, like really shout out to, like, that, like, because he very clearly loves, like, this style mm-hmm. of game. Like, yeah. Fire Emblem-styled games, yeah. The Kaga Saga begins. I love it. <laughs> Good job, Mangs. All yeah, right. Mangs. Shout out to Mangs. Love the content. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, what came after Thracia? What happened? Like, how, why did it not come over to America? That sounds Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but then they released Binding Blade, which still didn't come to America. After yeah. Shozo Kaga left, the father of Fire Emblem is gone from the series. They were planning to make a Fire Emblem 64 game. Okay? I do that was next. That, yeah. And it never came out. Because it was going to go on the N64 DD... And Shozo Kaga had a lot of plans for it. It was going to be called Fire Emblem Maiden of Darkness. Uh, that was the subtitle. Um, Sounds cool. And they didn't end up using any of the characters from it except for, like, two, I want to say. They reused the character sprites for what eventually became Fire Emblem Binding Blade on the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person who took over the series and has been part of the series since is Toru Narahiro. Narahiro. Yep. I, I think I said that right. If I said it wrong, just correct me in the comments. <laughs> We'll move on, okay? But it was called The Binding Blade, and that is actually the game where Roy comes from in Super Smash Bros. Melee. Yeah. And that game never got translated to English by Nintendo officially, so people are like, who's this Roy guy? (laughs) Yeah, and I think it was was definitely through Melee that a lot of us Westerners discovered Mm -hmm. Fire Emblem. And, uh, you know, people are like, oh, Martha and Roy, that's really interesting. And it was... Really, like, if I recall, it was Sakurai, like, noticed, like, the attention these characters were getting. And I believe Fire Emblem 7, the Blazing Sword, or just Fire Emblem as we know it, was in Mm. development. And it was during the development cycle where it's like, you know what? These guys are so popular, we should release this in the States and see how it does. And that's how, you know, we got an English patch, or not patch, but like an English version of Fire Emblem, the Blazing Sword. Do you know why the Blazing Sword looks and has a lot of similar characters to Binding Blade. Uh why? Please enlighten. It actually <laughs> isn't and it was actually from what I understand, it was not actually meant to be a prequel to the other game. Um they actually got wind that they were going to be making another Fire Emblem GBA game and they're like, oh okay, we'll yeah. just reuse the engine we have, we'll do some minor tweaks. Hmm. Like, yeah, and you gotta have that done in less than a year. And they're like, What? Yeah. So like they re <laughs> they read they're like, you know what? Nope. We're just going to make this a prequel, reuse sprites, kind of tweak them a little bit, and boom, game out in less than a year. (laughs) That makes sense. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. And if that's true, that makes sense with the story, because uh, shout out to a really good Fire Emblem YouTuber named Mecca. He does, and I loved the story as a kid. So did I, it was amazing. (laughs) But Mecca, like, goes through it, like, story beat by story beat, and shows, like, oh, these things really don't make sense and, like, don't work. <laughs> and it's kind of like the Binding Blade's kind of, like, shoehorned in. And it's like, oh, that makes sense if it was supposed to be another game. And then they're like, oh, Roy, we got to connect it to Roy somehow. Uh, here, it's about his dad, <laughs> Ellawood, and his friends, Hector and Lynn. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. And then there's yeah. the 10-chapter tutorial that you could literally not play and the game would still make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, you couldn't get, like, uh, like 
overpowered units. Like if you didn't play you're the not, tutorial, like you're Sane not and Kent wouldn't be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, what a great game! Like, but then we got after that we got the other Game Boy Advance. Before game. we segue into the next game, yeah, Sacred Stones. <laughs> oh yeah, um, all right. <laughs> before we do that. Uh, Fire Emblem, the uh, the first one to the release in the U.S. They actually don't have official U.S. sales on it, but it just says it just says Weird. this game was successful in the states. I'm like, how do you not have sales figures? <laughs> okay. But anyway, so in Japan, it sold it only sold 265,000. So they're still on like a downward swing in Japan mm-hmm. during this time period, which is mm-hmm. so weird to me to think because that was when it hit its stride. I felt like when it was released in the U.S. and they had tons of sales. It's Kind of interesting. The Shozo Kaga version of Fire Emblem was more popular in Japan than all of the games that came after him. Until we get to, we'll talk about it later. Um, yeah, a, cer- a certain game that saved mm-hmm. the franchise. Yeah, <laughs> but my the reason I found out about Fire Emblem this is kind of bizarre. So what happened with me was I was at a swim meet in like middle school, and I was friends with this other guy who was friends with this kid in the stands who is like straight up Japanese and he's playing this game on his Game Boy Advance. I'm like, what the heck is this game? And so I sat next to him like trying to figure out what it was. And he goes, it's Fire Emblem. And I'm like, what (laughs) is Fire Emblem? He goes, here, you try it. So he hands me it. Doesn't even tell me, he doesn't even tell me what to do. He just says, just try it. So I'm like, okay. So I was like looking at the units and it's just like a bunch of little figures that, you know, like Mm -hmm. this big on a Game Boy Advance screen. I'm like, that guy looks kind of cool. So I just like started picking them, not based on like levels or weapons or anything, just picked them. And I started playing through. And I realized after I moved Bartray, I was like, he doesn't have any weapons. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up, my whole squad died. And I was like, yeah. I was like distraught. And he's like, yeah, you're not going to play this game anymore. So he took back <laughs> his Game Boy. And I was That's like so left funny. with this image in my mind, like, this game is amazing. So I was like trying to figure out where the heck it was. Eventually my birthday was coming around and I was like, I need this. I need this now. So I like went to target and I was like, do you guys have this? And they're like, uh, what? <laughs> so he's like going through the game boy section, like trying to find, he's like, I don't know what this is. Like looking like, like, like he hands me final fantasy. And I was like, that's not it. <laughs> so then he goes, to the nest, though. going through, going through again. Hands me Lord of the Rings The Third Age, which is kind of like Fire Emblem, but it's not. And I was like, nope, that's not it either. And so we're going through again, going through again. And it's like, that's it right there. And it was like, there's like one copy left. The box was beat to crap. And he was like, okay. So they ring it up and it was like $10. Because this was like a couple of years, maybe a wow, year or two after yeah. Fire Emblem came out. And I took it home and I played through Lynn's story and I thought the game was over. And I was like, this was amazing. And then... Yeah. It's like okay, now pick your next your next character, and you can choose between Lynn and Elwin. And I was like, "What? This redheaded guy's back?" And I, so I, th- I mean, that was my whole story. But anyways, I I was like so <laughs> no, keep going, Chris. I'm enthralled. I was so <laughs> excited. I mean, it was like literally the greatest thing ever. I had to tell everybody about it. All my friends, you know, just Eric. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's how I learned. That's how I learned from it. Was Chris was raving about this game, and I remember I found it at GameStop, and I like picked up a copy. And I, like, played it. And I still remember playing that and how, like, the story affected me and how I, like, loved the characters. And, like, I didn't really understand it the first time I played through it. Although I do remember playing through the whole game and just being like, wow, that was amazing. That was, like, a book. And 
I didn't even do like half of the supports or anything that like the <laughs> I didn't even know what the supports were for. for. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I discovered them on accident, and I was like, wow, this is so cool. I'm getting these like little extra scenes of like mm-hmm. the characters like interacting, and that was what really drew me to it. Was like the characters and like the weapon triangle and the permadeath. That was like a huge thing for me because it was like, oh, like a character dies and then that's it like they're gone for good yeah, permadeath you don't get like, them back mm-hmm. yeah it made me and emotional was, yeah it did and i would restart like i would restart i'd turn off my game boy because i was like well replaying that level i can't, like, want to have that I can't lose <laughs> yes i can't lose yeah <laughs> and but Man, the, it was honestly, so good yeah i i the one thing i remember about fire emblem that threw me off about every other game afterwards was if you just turn the power off it would still save yeah, it would say it would remember what you I did. I couldn't believe it. Hmm. And the thing too was like weapon durability. Like yeah. it was such a fascinating concept. It's like, well, I can't just use like the rapier forever; it'll break. Or the <laughs> yeah. wolf. It was the wolf bail. It was Hector's axe. I was <laughs> like, like twenty. Man, uses. that thing was broken. That thing was broken. <laughs> and then it's like it broke. Like, but it's so good. How could it break? Yeah. Or the manicotti. Manicotti. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah give me some flashbacks but yeah i played that game to death and i replayed it like a couple years ago and it holds up it's really fun and it was a lot of people's first introduction to the series and it i believe it really was that guy's first introduction like, yeah, it was my first too. oh awesome yeah it was also because of chris <laughs> you gotta play this and he got it for me yep so that's where we're at and then i was like so yearning for more fire emblem and then Nintendo gave it to me. They released the Sacred yeah, Stones. Did. The Sacred they Stones. answered your letter. <laughs> I remember being so excited, and I was like, oh, it's a whole other story and, like, a whole different world. And, like, I, I – interestingly enough, the Sacred Stones, like, was more gameplay-focused. And it was, mm-hmm. like – I didn't realize until years later people were like, oh, that's, like, the easy one because you can grind and, like, you can make <laughs> units whatever you want them to be. But yeah. I didn't care as, like, a kid. I had so much fun playing the Sacred Stones. Like, it has some of my favorite maps the in the series. The story's a lot deeper than people give it credit for because, like it, – it, It's, like, deceptively dark. Too. It is. It's, like – yeah, it's like when you're playing it, it's like, wow, haha. And then, like, I remember I replayed <laughs> it in college, and I was like, wow, that's kind of messed up. Like, some things in the story, that's kind of messed up. Like, the Demon King has like, possessed your BFF. <laughs> or, like, not even that, like, like some of the villains. Like, oh, yeah, Walter, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, I, I loved him as a kid because he was, like, crazy. And then you, like, yeah. listen to the things that he says. I'm like, like oof. Did he just, like, because there's, like, a whole line where he's, like, talking to Erica, and he's like, I'm going to string you up like a bird. And it's like, what the? That's messed up, like, and that's in this kid's game. <laughs> but just the whole Orson, like, subplot, like, yeah, that was, that so was messed. That's real, dark. They kept like, his wife alive. Yeah, where, where she's like a rotting corpse, and, it's, and he's like, yeah, that's my wife, and he's just crazy. I'm like, that's messed up, like, that's dark. Yeah. But that is such a good game. I love the Sacred Stones. Like, go play it. Like, it's really mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. <laughs> and that one actually sold a little bit less in Japan even than the first one, the Fire Emblem yeah. uh, from Seven, which would be Blazing Sword, which is you yeah, know, Blazing Sword on 420, right? Um. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> the next game to come out was the reason I got a GameCube, Path of Radiance. Yeah, Path of Radiance. Path of Radiance. One of the best GameCube games, honestly. It's so good. It's like a visual novel. And it is so deep and, like, so well-developed. And I remember, like, thinking the graphics are so good. And now when I go back, you know, it's very, like, polygony. But I was like, I didn't care. Like, oh, man, I loved it. Loved the story, the characters, the supports, the world. Like, 
It's a great game, and it's very rare now, unfortunately. Like, yeah. they didn't print It's actually it. not that rare. So I've been looking into this for a while now. So it's not that rare. It's not even that it is rare. It's that the demand is so, so high. high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nobody wants to part with it. So the supply yeah. available well, they should. is It's a great low. game. <laughs> it's begging for a remake. Yeah. It's literally begging for a remake. Like, if any of the sure. games in the GameCube... Sure are begging for a remake, it's this one. And you know why Nintendo's not going to do it? Because it would cannibalize DLC for the three houses. No, I don't think so. I think I, they're done with three houses. No, DLC. there's we'll more. We'll get there's, to that. There's DLC coming re- out right now. alongside the Switch HD. It's coming. They're, there's more DLC coming, Eric. Really? I didn't know. Yeah. I thought it was just Cinder Shadows and that I was think it. there's some coming out either May or June. Okay, Maybe. But I no, I, I, I actually that, yeah. think if they re-released Path of Radiance, there would it would just eat into new sales of Three Houses. I don't know, like I don't know because it's kind of diff because it's just so different from Three Houses. I wouldn't say it mm-hmm. eat into it because like you have the Lagoos, you have like animal units in like this one, and it's more because like this is a very Path of Radiance is a very linear game. You go from chapter to chapter. There's no like exploration or like side quests or anything. It was just like you're following this graphic novel, this like visual novel essentially, and you're controlling the characters. And it's yeah, I don't know if it would compete with Three Houses necessarily, but I know there's a lot of Fire Emblem fans who would love a remake of this. Jokes sure. on you! They're gonna make Guild School now. No, <laughs> <laughs> Ike is Ike and Soren are in school now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You play as soft, no. <laughs> well, the next game. All right, so I mean, listen. The, this that, this was literally the next game. All right, yeah. this was literally one of my favorite my favorite games of all time. Not not just not just one of my favorite Fire Emblem games. One of my favorite games of all time, Path of Radiance. Yeah. And then they released Radiant Dawn, and actually, that is the first Fire Emblem game I did not buy the second I heard about it. Believe really? it or not. Oh, I did. I bought it. I know you did. I know you did. Because you had a Wii and I didn't. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I was like, oh, man, this game is so great. Like, I was like, yeah. Eric was drunk with Fire Emblem. This is so great. I was like, yeah, Micaiah's squishy. No problem. Dawn Brigade, best arc. (laughs) Yeah. But it still is, though. Dawn Brigade, I love. But yeah, Radiant Dawn was the direct sequel. And it was the first Fire Emblem game that I had played where there was, like, this is a direct sequel. Mm-hmm. It, imme- it di- immediately follows the events of the previous game. Because before that, my, you know, conception was that it was all, like, you know, different worlds. Or if they were in the same world, like Gaiden in the first game or Thracia and Genealogy, mm-hmm. they were just, like, a side story like that was happening somewhere else. But this was like, mm-hmm. no, like, remember all that stuff, like, about... This is literally branded? right after. Like, that's what this game is about now. Yeah. Like, it's not about Ike, but then it's it becomes a, about It's about Ike, politics yeah. and these weird it's people. It's about politics and racism against furries. Like, yeah, yeah it's a great much. game. Yeah. <laughs> the Banyan Emperor, we don't like you. You like yeah, you. We don't oh, like man. you. And, like, Radiant Dawn, I really liked because I felt it improved a lot of the, like, gameplay stuff of Path of Radiance. Like, like, you know, you could do a lot more. There were more classes. So it didn't feel like, you know, you're playing anything really different. But I did have friends. There was, like, no reward for training the Dawn Brigade, though. You could literally just get through the game without... We'll get into that. But, like, like, like... but yeah, there was like there were definitely problems with Radiant Dawn, like yeah. like gameplay wise. There were lots of problems, but like another thing that like 
unlike Path of Radiance, people could pick it up and understand it. But I had friends who like picked up Radiant Dawn and were like, oh, Eric likes Fire Emblem. And then they're like, what's happening? I don't understand what's happening in this story because it's like, it does not explain anything. No. To you. It's just like, it explains a little bit about like Micaiah and Soth and what they're doing and Dan and like who Ike is kind of, but it's like, you you're totally right. Like it's going on. It's just like it drops you in. So it's like if you didn't play Path of Radiance, you're kind of like. So it's obviously not a good one what? to start with. No, no, definitely no. not. I would if people have never played Fire Emblem before. I would actually recommend like seven. Three Houses or, or seven. seven or Awakening or something like that. But like I would not recommend Radiant Dawn. First. I don't recommend oh, Awakening. I do. Well, we'll get to. I recommend <laughs> Awakening as like a first one, but like I recommend Sacred Stones or the first Fire Emblem. Seven. I wouldn't recommend Sacred Stones because it sets up like a false pretense. I think of like what they'll be like. Oh, I could just go to the tower and grind. But like, <laughs> no, you can't. And even in three houses, you you're limited in grinding. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Not normal, but yeah, because like people, I think like Radiant Dawn because like the the artwork in Radiant Dawn is just a better Path of Radiance artwork, and the artwork's beautiful. Like Micaiah looks great. Like people are like, wow, I want to play as like this like cool looking mage girl, and then you go in and you're like, what's happened? Why are these people like after me? Like what's going on? Silver haired maiden? Who's that? Soth? Wait, who's Soth? I'm like married to him. What what's happening? <laughs> like yeah. And you know what the funniest thing is? Um, there's actually like tie-ins from the GameCube game to this game. And like, there's some extra ones in the Japanese yeah. version, and I'm like, why? Why aren't these also in like Nintendo? Like there were, why? There were so many things because like Radiant Dawn was like such a direct sequel. It was almost like it should have just been one massive game because like your stats would transfer over if you mm-hmm. beat Path of Radiance and uploaded your save into Path of Radiance or no, Radiant Dawn. Excuse me. This was supposed to be a GameCube save- game. Yeah, you got items, too. Certain items would transfer from the GameCube to the Wii. And then you got special scenes. Like, if you supported Ike and Soren, you got their special relationship ending if you did that. Like, it was... It, it, and it was like, wow, this would have been great as one game. And I hope if they do remake this... Oh, it should be one it'll game. Be, mm-hmm. It'll be one game. Like, like uh, I know Mangs did a leak video where he thinks the next one will be, like... We'll get to, like, what Shadows of Valentia is, but it'll be, like, a Shadows of Radiance, where it's just, like, one game remake, remastered. Yeah. Because all the characters are in both games, except for the Dawn Brigade and, like, a couple of the mid-game units. Yeah, just forget the Dawn Brigade. No, I'm just kidding. I like the Dawn I mean, it's sad because, like, I didn't understand... The story's pretty good. It didn't understand that, like... I didn't understand how, like, the RNG worked as, like, a kid. You know what I mean? So, like, my Edward got, like, RNG blessed. And he was, like, my best unit. I brought him into the (laughs) tower at the end. And I was like, wow, Edward is so good. And I went online and people were like, wow, Edward sucks. Like, he's so squishy. (laughs) Like, he's not fast. And I didn't understand that I had just gotten ridiculously lucky when leveling him up. Oh, man. But... You know, it's the funniest thing, and and we just literally talked about this. If you didn't play Path of Radiance, this game story makes no sense. No sense. But which one do you think sold better? Uh, Path of Radiance sold better, didn't it? Or did no. Radiant Dawn sold better? Radiant, they, there was more copies in the wild uh, of Radiant Dawn. <laughs> That's sad. That's probably why it went into like such a dearth. People were like, "I don't know what's happening." Like and this gameplay is kind of fun, but like, I don't understand anything that's happening in this game. So both of these games sold much better than their Japanese counterparts, mm. but for some reason, Radiant Dawn sold more than 
Path of Radiance in both the U.S. and Japan. I think it was because yeah. it was one of the first RPGs to release on the Wii. Yeah. Because it came out in 2007. Like, the Wii is, like, brand new. Here's Radiant Dawn. Yeah. I think it was originally supposed to be, like, a last-minute title for the GameCube. And it became, like, a launch title for the Wii, essentially. It's an interesting launch title, too, and I don't think that did it any favors. But, like, by this point, though, people were really familiar, I think, with Fire Emblem. And I think maybe people were like, oh, Martha and Roy are going to be in this. And, like, who's (laughs) Micaiah? Who's Ike? What are these There's a blue-haired guy, but it's not Marth. Oh, that's Marth. Wait, that's not Marth. His name's Ike. Who's that? What? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So then after that. Yeah. Arguably, like, the worst remake they've ever done in a Fire Emblem game. Oh, because even no, Mystery Emblem's better. Shadow yeah. Dragon. And Which World... is sad, because Shadow Dragon's gameplay, I would argue, is good. But yeah, yeah, it's not bad. But the artwork's no... horrible. The artwork is atrociously bad. It's ugly, and it's you like, I up, didn't Chris. even buy it. I didn't buy it. I have it. I own it. This was the first one that I, like, didn't buy because I hated the art style. And then I heard that they didn't have supports in the game. No. And I was like, that's, like, half the reason I play these games is, like, for the characters. <laughs> and it's just, like, why would I play this? Like, this is dumb. Like, this it's artwork just like, is worse oh, than the Marth. 90s like, cartoon. It's like, oh, I saw a meme I shared recently where it's, like, I retweeted it where it was, like, what did the artist have against eyes? Because in all the, like... All the eyes of the characters are really weird. And in the CGs, like, everyone's hair is, like, blocking out their eyes. And they just kind of <laughs> look like this. And it's like, what do the artists have against eyes? I also found the prologue to this game so strange. Have you played this or not? Yes, I have played. Oh, you have, I have played, played, played okay. This. I've never beaten the it. The sacrificial just... unit thing in the prologue? I'm always like, this is weird. Why are we doing this? Yeah, it's like we're going to teach you about permadeath by giving you this unit that you're just going to murder and watch (laughs) your man be killed. And you're just supposed to roll with it. And it's like, wow, like that's messed up. Well, me, smart me said, Oh, all those knights can't kill Jagan. No. And then, (laughs) Oh, you sacrificed Jagan. So you sacrificed Jagan, like the important one. The first time I did it. Cause I I didn't look anything up. He was useless. Yeah, he was useless. He had, like, white armor, and he was just like, wow, I'm so happy to be fighting alongside Marth. And it's like, this guy's gonna get... <laughs> this guy... He's the red shirt from Star Trek. For real, he was. And and Chris wasn't the only person who did that. People would sacrifice, like, Jagan, or they would sacrifice, like, Sheeta or, like, Gordon or something. Yeah. And then they would be like, oh, I have this, like, useless red shirt that's just, like, along for the ride. <laughs> like he had horrible growth so it was like very clear like this is the guy you're supposed to kill mm-hmm. but like people killed like story important characters in yep. that scene yep <laughs> oh it's man. cool that that's still an option though so you're not forced to yeah you weren't forced him. to kill him but it was funny because people would like kill like really important characters <laughs> off and they'd be like oh and the game would like new people would try it and it would like punish you oh yeah it'd be <laughs> like because like if you killed Sheeta, i think the game just like craps all over marth it's like wow this like girl liked you and she died because of you like you're a jerk like <laughs> well not only that so the best part in my opinion about this game is if you just like continuously let units die the game just starts throwing like units at you throughout yeah, the game it's like the amount of units it's like it's like in the previous family games like all right you get these 30 units in shadow dragon it's like 
oh, every time somebody dies, let's just add more characters in. And the story just yeah. gets bigger and bigger. It's like, here's some more characters. But just it, don't let but, them die. Uh, and going back to Radiant Dawn, Radiant Dawn did have a bigger cast because Radiant yeah. Dawn has 80 playable characters, which is insane. That's just so <laughs> crazy. Uh, but yeah, and, and it's like a meme now. People will like try and make the replacement units in shadow dragon good like rad is a really common one like if you if you get rutger or someone killed you get rad instead and he's awful but like <laughs> like we're gonna make rad like the best sword master ever <laughs> but yeah it's a fun game to play and it does have good gameplay but yeah the art and the story were just not great so the, how many how many worldwide sales do you think this game got not a lot i'm guessing half a million Okay, so that's not terrible. Like, that's, no. okay, yeah. Right around it was actually ones. like one of the lowest selling U.S. releases, though, which is why it almost killed the franchise. Because yeah, and it was so bad. The next game was J- J- uh, Japan only. The <laughs> so next game because they actually it sold so bad they actually released the, the reason they released this is they expected it to sell well in Japan, and then they were like, oh, yeah. but if it sells well in Japan, it'll sell well in America. Well, it seems like with Fire Emblem, it's either like. Japan does really well, or U.S. does really well, but not both. At least yeah, up, at up least, to this point. At least mm-hmm. in this point, yeah, in the time in the timeline of Earth <laughs> Prime, yeah, yes. it was not flipping around. Yeah. So this this game was the reason they didn't release the next game in the U.S., which was the second half of Mystery of the Emblem, and they titled it New Mystery of the Emblem, and they added a bunch of extra features that Americans would have liked, like online play, customizable character. They brought supports back, and it supports was the first game, game where you had a customized. Well, it's, unless you count Mark in Fire Emblem Seven, it was the first kind time of, where yeah. you got to design a character. Chris was their name. It was like K R I S, and yeah. it was like this is you, and you can like make yourself however you want to be. You can make whatever class you want, and that was like something people were really like, "Oh man, that would have been cool if that was released in America." Mm-hmm. I'm still mad this one didn't get released because I would have bought it. Yeah, because, like, everyone who's played it, and I've never played it, I've never even emulated it, but, like, everyone who's played it is like, oh, it's actually pretty good. Like, <laughs> And then this game's we really get good. to the game that saved the franchise, that not yes. only saved it, but, like, it was a smash hit in terms of mm-hmm. sales, and it introduced a lot of people a to Fire Emblem. smash hit. Ah, I see what yeah, you did there. And, well, because, it. yeah, they added some characters from it to Smash. Yeah. <laughs> Fire Emblem Awakening regrettably so i think it's okay i think it's okay i'll be honest i like the fact this has a casual mode yeah and that was the thing that i think drew a lot of people into awakening and i actually i remember the first time i played awakening i didn't like it but then it grew on me and i was like oh this is actually like a pretty good like game and sure because for me it was like oh it's kind of like an anime tv show in a sense but like it's a good story and it's like got some good characters and it had great gameplay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you could customize pretty much anyone how you wanted them to be. It was engaging. It was really fun. And yeah, it got introduced a lot of people to Fire Emblem. I didn't feel like there was enough of a challenge in this game, to be totally honest with you. Oh, well, you can play. If you've played Lunatic on it, it's actually like Lunatic Reverse Mode is actually brutally difficult. And it's so hard. <laughs> I don't think I've ever beaten it. I just keep getting frustrated, and I'm like, this is too much. <laughs> like, I finished Hector Hard Mode without losing a single character. Yeah, I, I've done Hector Hard Mode, and that even now, like, I'm like, man, I can't believe I did really? this. Like, because <laughs> Hector Hard Mode is so unfair because it everything is. is like a Pegasus Knight and one, two range, everything, which, you know, now I'm used to, and like, now I know you always have to have one, two range weapons <laughs> on everybody. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, Awakening also, it really, it was the first game, I think, where it made the supports center stage, which I liked, actually. That was the thing I did like about Awakening, because His feet in the are in games, the ground, like, did you see that? I did see that. Oh, the feet in Awakening, they were all pegs. Like, that yeah. was like a meme. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like, it was, uh, what was I saying about before the pegs the supports oh supports yeah because like in the other games like fire emblem 7 even sacred stones it does not teach you about supports you i discovered them by like accident but like this it was like that was the driving force of the game was like the supports and the relationships between the characters which it kind of always had been at least for me in fire emblem but this game it was just like everyone's getting married like you can marry <laughs> whoever you want like this is it and you could pair up and pairing up in awakening was broken it was you could just wreck the entire game like there's like a meme if you watch like mangs and mecca or other fire emblem youtubers they can call awakening a a robin fest because you can just make robin so good that you don't really need any other unit <laughs> I, I felt the same way about fates though but so after, well, after, after, fates. <laughs> after so awakening though like so th- people don't understand that that weren't here before Awakening. Awakening was like, let's just throw everything but the kitchen sink in and yeah. see if people will buy this game. They literally put they every character from previous Fire Emblem games in this, some way or another, including characters yeah. that didn't even exist, like Priam. And, yeah. <laughs> and then they added, like, oh, you wanted this character from the Japanese-only releases? Eh, whatever, you can have it. It's like, <laughs> I don't even know who this character is. Like, why would I want was this? this? Was this the prototype for Heroes? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Oh, no. But, like, uh, yeah, it, I love Awakening now. Like, I stand by it. I think it's a great game. I think it's highly memorable. I think the like, story Lucina, is good. I'll give you the Lucina story. Is, like the story. Yeah, the story is awesome. And, like, Lucina is one of my favorite characters. On my work computer, I have a Lucina sticker. Like, it, yeah, 9.6. I agree with that. Like, IGN. Like, it's not a 10. Eight point nine. Eight point nine. All right, that's fair. <laughs> I would say nine point five. I yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, Nintendo was like, "All right, guys, we had a smash hit. Let's make another Fire Emblem game." And they're like, "Oh, well then, let's be ambitious about it." So they decided to make a three route game, sort of like Pokemon. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> sort of like three houses. No. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so they, they decided to create this three-out game, and they're like, okay, so we got three routes. There's going to be a decision point, and you're going to decide where you're going to go. And then Nintendo's like, yeah, but we're going to release this as three separate games. And Intelligent system, Systems is like, what? <laughs> how, how is that going to work? So you could wow. buy <laughs> – they set it up where you had to buy two different cartridges, or you could buy one cartridge plus DLC for two other routes, mm-hmm. or if you were a super lucky guy like me. You managed to snag the special edition that had all three routes on one cartridge, which was Intelligent Systems. The grand design for this game was that you would have all three routes and you would just make that decision in the beginning of the game. Hmm. But did it live up to the hype? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Like, well, like Birthright's the only route that makes sense from any type of morality. But like, <laughs> but like, like Birthright's terrible. Like, Conquest is so much better in oh, like yeah, a yeah. gameplay perspective. Because like the whole thing that the thing that sort of annoyed me the most about Fates is they were like, "Wow, 
we're going to have a morally gray story there's where there's no good, no evil. Game. But literally, Hoshido, <laughs> they're wearing white and Nor's wearing black. And it's like, wow, I wonder who the good guys are. And then the, the, king, <laughs> the king is just such like a demon. Oh, Garen is just like <laughs> so evil. Like... And, uh, and how like, could you ever say, you know what? I'm just gonna side with yeah. this king guy because yeah. Know. Also, like <laughs> the character designs were so hit or miss in this game too, yeah. because like some characters are really that. well designed. Like, and it comes down with like the avatar, like Corin. Like I played as female Corin because I thought she was hot, and like male Corin, <laughs> male Corin looks like he rolled out of bed, and he's just like, which makes sense because that's the other thing that bothered me about the story of this game is it's like here's this like adopted teenager who knows nothing and like (laughs) yeah we're gonna give you command of an army oh also everyone is in love with you for no reason including (laughs) your like half siblings like okay like yeah Yeah, and like (laughs) it's funny because like chaz aria llc another great final youtuber does these great series where he makes fun of the storytelling where like it's if you choose Hoshido and you go there and then the mom dies and everyone forgives you right away for accidentally killing her except Takumi and it's like Takumi's right like it's like this person showed up we don't know who they are and they like killed our mom but like Ryoma and like everyone's like oh it was an accident like they clearly didn't mean that <laughs> like, this story Can you imagine is so if after stupid. all that that you just sided with Hoshido <laughs> well you can you can That's i know the thing. i know like you could <laughs> we've forgiven you uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just yeah. gonna i'm gonna go go, go to king gary seriously they're like, like wow you. <laughs> or the the meme where it's like that one map where it's like ryoma will wait patiently for his revenge I, but oh my gosh for that 25 turns it just cracked yeah, me up <laughs> yeah it, it's like the constant avatar worship was just so frustrating and like the constant just like oh things happen and are solved immediately was frustrating and the mm-hmm. things the gimmicks were really annoying like the the snow shoveling level to this day infuriates <laughs> me or the, the metal gear metal gear emblem where you're trying to guess what door to go through and if you choose the wrong one you're just dead and it's like well got to start the whole actually you know what cracked me up though is there's like i can't remember which assassin almost dies but if you're, like, not at an A-rank support with him by, like, level oh, yeah. 6, he's just like, all right, he's dead. Like, what? <laughs> what? This is, Isn't that Kaze? Isn't that Kaze? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. You're right. And it's like, yeah, if, you, if it's... you don't rank up to an A support by the level before, he just dies in the in-between. Yeah. Like, there's no then, way like, to save him. Yeah, and if you and the whole point is, like, they were like, oh, we don't want it. We want to have a morally great story. But if you choose, like, the Hoshido or the Nor route, it's like Azura dies at the end. And it's like... <laughs> Wow, if only we could have chosen a path that everyone could be happy in. And it's mm-hmm. just, like, so, like, by revelation. But, like... <laughs> and that's You're not wrong. And, that's the worst part. You're and, not wrong. Just and, by revelation. Yeah, but, like, the thing is, is I think people liked Awakening Story better. And I think it was because of Fates that people went back to, like, Path of Radiance. And were like, oh, we want a game with a good story. <laughs> Not this like lighthearted, you know, anime adventure. And nine point four is too high. What was IGN thinking? Eight point five. Uh, but like, uh, I mean, you know, it's fun and it introduced people. It it introduced like the sort of like if you want to call them like the casual fan that did just kind of want like a lighthearted. Fates was the best selling adventure. is the it best was, selling yeah. Fire Emblem game. Mm-hmm. It's like, still anime, no, it's still the best selling Fire Emblem game. Yeah, anime fans loved this Three game, Houses has not why. passed this game yet. 
yet. I think it will, but we'll get. I think we'll it will to too. Yeah. All right. So then they uh, released arguably the best 3DS Fire Emblem game. Fire Emblem. Yeah. Fire Emblem <laughs> Echoes: Shadows of Valencia. This is my favorite 3DS Fire Emblem game by far. Like this game has like. What they did was they took this guy, all right, and there's a whole backstory of this, but the guy who per, like was in charge of producing this game played Fire Emblem Gaiden back when it came out with his dad every day until they finished it, and his dad passed away before he joined Sam. Intelligent Systems. Mm-hmm. So when they put when they when he joined Intelligent Systems, he said, "I want to remake this game that my dad and I played together every day when I was a kid." So he took on this passion project and helped them redo the whole game in a way that told the story more compassionately and deeply than ever before. And Fire Emblem Echoes has one of the best stories of any Fire Emblem game ever. Yeah, the the love story between Alm and Celica is really charming, and it's really well done. And yeah, I've I've only watched Let's Plays of it. I've not like played it, but it it's so looks worth it. Fantastic. It's yeah. so worth it. I I bought it for my brother, my brother in law, <laughs> myself. I I literally love this game. Uh, for, not this, not Fates. I, that's definitely no, yeah, bring it up. Bring it Fire up. Yeah, and, and it's the first Fire Emblem game to have voice acting. Yes, it was well fully voice acted because yeah. Awakening and Fates had like little quips the characters would say. But like you'd be like, yeah, yeah, and then like the full sentence is like, like I level yeah. up. Like <laughs> there was that meme for a while because like Corin would just say like the dumbest thing. It's like good job or like I. And won. this game actually <laughs> yeah. had legit gray characters, unlike Fates. Yeah. Like yeah, this there's one, this character you want to hate. So you really want to hate this character who's like antagonizing you the whole game. Not Bowie. Bowie doesn't antagonize you. Burkut, um, it's Burkut, and he's yeah. the best, one of the best characters in the game because he's he was so like, you good. feel bad for him, you feel mm-hmm. bad for him because and you he's feel just even like, worse for his girlfriend. Yeah, his oh my, she God. just followed yeah. him into hell essentially. Yeah, his girlfriend who just like loves him so much, but like he is like feels overshadowed by like all like the characters were really good in this game, and like it's so I really weird. liked just from watching this, I really liked Celica and Saber's relationship, like just the sort of like. The, he becomes like a protector for her and you know all like trying to lead this army at, it's really good like the story's great just just on that that's all i know really <laughs> if you've got a 3ds and you don't have this game go buy it that, that's where i'm at like it, this game must be purchased by anybody who has a 3ds and likes <laughs> this game must be it's a must play not a, not a yeah you should go get no you must go play this game. It's this one of the best cheap game. Never look at the price. It's within ten and twenty bucks. It's it definitely like, should never... I get it today? If you can, yeah, go ahead. I don't. It's interesting because it's definitely like different in gameplay wise from a lot of Fire Emblem games. Like, there's no this is where they triangle. got they they got a lot of their elements yeah. though. For three houses came from a combination oh. of this and oh Fates. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like. <laughs> There is no weapon triangle, which also in three houses, there's really not one. But also, the Mila's turn wheel is Divine Pulse. Uh, yeah. What was I going to say? Was the magic as HP, like using your HP as magic, was also like really interesting. And the, I think they it was Unbreakable Weapons, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Un, well, Fates had Unbreakable Weapons, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Fate, Fates didn't have Breakable Weapons. Because I was so happy that they came back in three houses that weapons had... Uh, durability but this this game was like a true hd 
not HD, 3DSD, whatever the 3DS resolution is. <laughs> Um, it was like a perfect remake of a game from the 90s. Like, I can't imagine making a better remake of a 90s game. Cough, cough, Shadow Dragon sucks. Cough, cough. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, this this game, it literally took, like, what was dungeon crawling in the 90s and modernized it really, really well. And then yeah, they I don't took... Know if you've ever... Yeah, I don't know if you've ever played, like, Gaiden yes, or, like, I have. the I originals on NES. Yep. Like, it's so clunky, but this was so polished, yeah. It's so worth it. Um, and if you ha- don't have it and you like Fire Emblem at all, this is worth it. This is definitely a part of my top five, which you'll get into <laughs> on Wednesday. All right. Yeah. Um, so then we get into the – since nobody cares about three uh, – not three uh, – Fire Emblem Heroes and nobody cares about Fire Emblem Warriors – you know, I played Heroes. And nobody while. cares about yeah. the Fire Emblem <laughs> Pop Star Persona remix game except me. So, um, <laughs> Fire Emblem Three Houses is the last Fire Emblem game to come out recently. It's my favorite one. Like, I, maybe it's recency bias, but I love this game. It's <laughs> This game looks really good. It is really good. It's like, this is what I actually would recommend to someone who had never played Fire Emblem before. Because I think it's very approachable. I don't know, though, but actually delivers on like a great story like morally gray characters like a theme that is like war is bad which is like really interesting because it's a very like war heavy game but like so much customization like exploration i describe it to people as game of thrones meets harry potter meets anime and it it I'm really sold. is that yeah it's awesome it's awesome i love this game and it, the voice acting is beautiful the score is incredible i think this might be my favorite fire emblem score and there are some good scores and good tracks in the in these games but man and the characters feel really really real with the exception of like one or two like really memeable <laughs> characters like ignatz or Raphael, but like but yeah other than that like every single character is like really really well developed and really well thought out and there's a reason people love this game and are making like fan art of this game constantly <laughs> mm-hmm. like it's really good and you can you don't even need to go out and like buy a physical copy you can go on your switch go to the nintendo e-store and download it and i so i have a question yeah. so obviously you think it's a great game i think christos as well and most people agree with that sentiment. But do you think it would have sold as well as it has if the Switch hadn't sold as well? Probably not. I would say that because, like, if the Switch wasn't as big of a success as it was, I'm not sure if it would have been such a success. Because, like, the, if it were, say, re-released on, like, the 3DS or something, mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have been necessarily. Because, like, Nintendo and, like, Intelligent Systems were very smart to make this, like, a 2019 flagship title for the Switch, definitely. Mm-hmm. I've never uh, seen Nintendo yeah. push a Fire Emblem game as hard as they push this one. Yes, they yeah. marketed Neither. this so well, and like it paid off. Like it really did. Like, yeah, if you know nothing about Fire Emblem and like want a quick, easy game you can get your hands on, like now, this would be my pick. It's so the, wonderful. The way yeah. I describe this game is, if you I've played Fire Emblem before, it's like if you took. Fates, Echoes, and Persona 4 Golden and mix them all together. Yeah, from a gameplay perspective, sure, absolutely. But then, like, a really good story. Although, I haven't played Persona. Whoa, 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 whoa. Persona's Persona's got some great stories, man. Yeah, yeah, I really feel like the Intelligent Systems and Atlas combination that created Tokyo Mirage Sessions is partially how this game came about. 
I'm sure. Like, because, like, it, it is inspired by Persona, clearly, with the whole calendar system. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it clearly is inspired by that. It, ta- it takes, like, everything I love about the gameplay of Fire Emblem and everything I love about the social aspects of Persona and, like, kind of goes, just goes... You got it all. There you go. It works. (laughs) It works. It's like, it's fun, like, having tea parties and, like, going (laughs) fishing and, like, running around doing errands for people. And Mm -hmm. it's really fun. It's it's a great game. I love Three Houses. Highly recommend it. So It's addicting, for sure, too. (laughs) Since this is literally, like, the longest Monday episode we've ever done, (laughs) (laughs) I want to finish this off with a prediction from each of us, okay? All right. Do we think Three Houses will surpass Fates and become the number one selling Fire Emblem game. I'm going to let Will go first. So we yeah, don't steal it's thunder. super close. I mean, they're only off by a couple hundred thousand right right mm-hmm. now, about 400,000. So I think it's going to outsell. I don't have any doubt in my mind that that'll happen. I think a bigger question is going to be if they make another game for the Switch, will that one outsell Three Houses? And I don't know about that. Probably not. Yeah. But you, Eric? Well, I think absolutely it will. I think the fact that it is available as like a e download like is doing it lots of favors. Like I think that will give it a longevity that like Fates perhaps didn't have. I think you know people will pick it up as like their first Fire Emblem game. I think that will help sell. And kind of like will like say if they do eventually remake like Path of Radiance, I don't think mm-hmm. that will outsell this. But I think this will eventually outsell Fates for sure. I think I, I think the Fates numbers are actually a little bit inflated because they're including Revelations purchases, they're including Conquest purchases and Birthright purchases. So, like, you're literally combining three games into one. Three Houses is one game with everything oh, in it. Oh, well, then it's already outsold it. If you split mm-hmm. that number by, like, three, then, yeah, Three Houses has already outsold it. But I understand why they would clump it together, like, seeing as they wanted it to be, like, one yeah. big game. Yeah. I think if Fates was actually one, like if they all, if all they sold was Fates Special Edition, mm-hmm. they probably would have only sold about one point five to two million copies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think it'll eke by Fates, but I think it might take it might take most of the Switch's lifespan because we're most of the people that were going to buy Fire Emblem Three Houses have already bought Fire Emblem Three Houses. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a slow burn to hit three million sold, and it'll probably get there by like twenty twenty two. But it's going to take a while. Fire Emblem has basically been sold to everybody who is going to buy Fire Emblem at this point. Um, except for like the holdouts and then the occasional person who's like, my friends play this. I'm going to go get it. Yeah. So I would say hard probably. I think it'll just barely <laughs> surpass. Probably. It'll probably just barely surpass <laughs> 3 million sales, I think. Which would put it just slightly past Fates. Yeah. But Fates had, like I said, Fates had going for it is that people were going to buy multiple copies of Fates. It was how it was designed. Mm-hmm. And the user base by the time they released Fates was already like 60 plus million. When Fire Emblem Three Houses came out, I want to say the Switch had like 45 million units out. 40 to 45 million units. So there was a bigger install base yeah. of the 3DS when Fates came out than what the Switch had when Three Houses came out. Mm-hmm. So... I think it most likely by a little bit will outsell Fates. I don't think there's anything major that's going to push Fire Emblem Three Houses much, much, much farther past where they're at. Like, there's nothing that's going to make 
Fire Emblem Three Houses magically hit five million sales. It's not going to happen. No, yeah. So yeah. I would say three million, probably, and it'll probably just barely eke out past Fates. Unless they release that dual screen Switch that they've been talking about, <laughs> and they have a Fire Emblem edition. Then it'll be Fire Emblem Fates Switch edition. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> No, they wouldn't do that. They'd probably put either Awak- it'll, it'll be Awakening or, or Path of Radiance, <laughs> one or the other. But um, okay. that's all I got. You guys got anything in conclusion to say for the 30th anniversary of Fire Emblem? You know, it's it's a great game series. If you've never tried it and you're like a fan of great stories in games and like any sort of turn-based strategy, like I would say like XCOM or Advanced Wars or something like that, like definitely check this out. And as someone who's very new to this series, I'm enjoying it immensely. Uh, even with the ridiculously long dialogue screens, <laughs> I still really enjoy it. And I, I don't know, I'm being uh, becoming attached to the characters, even though the games I've played so far have no di- uh, no um, voice recording. It's just dialogue. So. Yeah. And you already know Eric and I love it because we just spent you know, like a, good, a good hour dodging <laughs> past about Will's, it, yeah. Will's little tidbits. Um, yep. <laughs> but, Sorry, Will. Oh, it's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> the the three houses. Here's what I'm going to say about three houses. The hard, reason I have a hard time recommending three houses to people for Fire Emblem um, is because it's just it's like a it's like what Persona Five did to Persona. It modernized and revolutionized so many aspects of the game that if you play that one first, I have a feeling most people aren't going to go back and enjoy the older Fire Emblem games. So I'd mm-hmm. rather somebody go play Echoes or go play Fire Emblem Seven or go play Path of Radiance before they play Three Houses. Because it's so much harder to enjoy the older games with the less streamlined mechanics if yeah, you've already yeah. got the nice new streamlined mechanics. And there's such good stories yeah. to be had there. For the same reason that when I played Persona 4 Golden, which was like arguably the most streamlined Persona game, bar maybe Persona 5 when I played it, it was harder to go back and play 3 and play 2 and play the other half sure. of 2. And then... I can't even play Persona 1 anymore because it's just too hard to go back to that yeah. that version of Persona. Mm. Eventually, I will play it again, I promise. But <laughs> it's so hard going back to that now at this point. Sure, I, I, that's a totally fair point. I just, yeah, I guess my thing is it's like Three Houses will be the easiest for people to like get their hands on because not everyone you know, wants to like go out and emulate an older title or even seek down... like. You know, if you have a Switch and you, that's all you have, like definitely do three houses. I think, I think it's it's hardcore time for Nintendo to start re-release, like either re-releasing Path of Radiance, Radiance Dawn, Radiant Dawn, or in three houses style. Give me a proper um, Elib trilogy. Oh, interesting. I interesting. want Roy to Ellawood, but I also want Ellawood's father. Give me that prequel. Oh, that'd be cool. Hmm. Yeah. And then you can do it some like just use the three houses styling, but don't don't give me I don't need the school part. I don't yeah. need the school aspects. Just oh. remake the Alib <laughs> trilogy. Go get that fan game, you know that they made in the uh, yeah yeah and oh, just, Immortal just, Sword. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's a good one. But yeah, I hope that the next game won't be school focused, and I think they do enough different each, in each game each that game. it won't be school focused. But like, because I feel like it would be played out if they did like another like. Fire Emblem School Edition again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, as always, if you love Fire Emblem, any of these games are good. But as always, yeah. I'm Check Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Eric. And we will see you on next Krillcast. Next Krillcast. Gonna talk about Mangs. <laughs>
This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Eric. And I'm running on like no sleep for two days. Here we go. <laughs> That's pretty normal for you. <laughs> yeah. Today is Tuber Tuesday. And we're going to be talking about who, Eric? Mangs, the Fire Emblem YouTuber. What's what Fire Emblem? What about Mecca? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mecca. Check out our uh, hour-long video yesterday. We became the Fire Emblem YouTuber yeah. yesterday. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Mangs. I'm going to give you guys some data on Mangs, you know. All the all the good the good under-the-wrap stuff that nobody knows about. All right, so Mangs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he's got eight... not like this game series. Probably. Um, 85.7K <laughs> subscribers at the time of this video. He created his channel on December 30th, 2011. He currently has over 63 million views on his videos. And you can find his channel by going to youtube.com slash... And I actually tried youtube.com slash mangs. That's not his channel name. It's youtube.com slash mangs and zero. Did you know that? Yeah, that makes sense, though, because zero okay. is part of that. Or zero, yeah. <laughs> I said zero. Yeah. <laughs> I said that. Okay, listen. So, um, I'm going to read his channel description slash about me, and I'm going to double check that it didn't change in the last two days. Okay. It says, Let's Player. I'm not going to read that word. And Fire Emblem Enthusiast. <laughs> My name is Mangs, and this is one of the most popular Fire Emblem channels on YouTube. Well, so far, he's not wrong. Um <laughs> I release videos daily on the channel. My content ranges from simple Let's Plays to more informative and heavily edited videos. I also do the occasional, skipping this word. Uh, my videos are typically <laughs> released in the afternoon around 1800 to 2100 Central European time. So depending on where you live, there should always be a video ready for you when you come home from school to work and relax, school slash work to relax. I am very easy to get in contact with. No, you're not. You always, re- you never return any of my Twitter messages <laughs> or any of my tweets. But that's okay. I'll forgive you because we're covering you today. But tomorrow, it's back on, buddy. Um, you can PM <laughs> me at Discord or send me an email at mangsandzero at gmail.com with any questions. If you want to ask for permission to use my videos and your content, you may do so freely as long as you credit me and link to my channel. Well, guess what, buddy? I'm going to be looking at your videos today, and I'm going to be linking your channel in this video. So, <laughs> shout out to Mangs. All yeah, of Mangs. the content we talk about today is from his channel. I don't oh, think Chris, this is... what did you just realize about his logo today? Yeah, what did you learn about the Mangs yeah. logo? What did you learn there's today? There's a sword, yeah. and there's a guy with an eye patch. I don't know what you guys are talking no, about. No, not oh. Dimitri. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a egg with two arms that are like really mm-hmm. buffy arms. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Trogdor beefy arm. All right. Anyways, um, and in Mangs, if you don't know what Trogdor is, look it up. So here we are. What is Mangs known for in my mind? He's known for Fire Emblem Let's Plays and Reviews, playing heavily modded versions of Fire Emblem, which I find highly entertaining. Yeah, um, he's the... actually playing one right now. He's playing uh, Justice yes. and Pride. I've been watching this every day. It's, it's entertaining. <laughs> He's also known for being a charismatic. If I can talk, a charismatic member of the Fire Emblem community, YouTube community, yeah. and he's also known for general Fire Emblem commentary and comedy. Okay, that's all I got. That's what he's known for. So, what was his first or oldest video, Eric? Do you know? Do you happen to know what it is? Uh, it was. Wasn't it luck is the best stat? Because like yeah. everyone, like <laughs> I think to this day, it's like a, it's a meme. He's like, yeah, luck is the best stat, guys. <laughs> yep, that was his first video. So that was really. <laughs> Let's play Fire Emblem 
Episode one, Sword of Seal. That's right, because it used to be called Sword of Seals, but now it's called Binding Blade. Let's yeah. just retcon every single Fire Emblem name to be something different. All right. Mm-hmm. So his first video came out in December 30th, 2011. Literally the day his channel started, he had a video ready to go. So he was awesome. he knew what he was doing the day he started. Yeah. It has 57,000 views, which is pretty good when you think about him only having 85.7 thousand subs total, which means people are going back and watching this video after they subscribe, just like we're doing. All right. <laughs> What was his most popular video? Do you know? Oh, I actually don't. I'm not sure if I know. He's gotten a couple that have been like really popular, but I'm not sure. History of the Weapon Strangle. Ah, of course. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is basically dead now. Well, it could come back. We know. We don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. No. Nope. It kind. It kind of existed in Cindered Shadows. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this is the most popular video. Came out on May 12, 2015. So it's kind of an older video at this point. Yeah. 263,000 views. Nice job, buddy. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you divide that by 100,000, that's about how many views we get. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not 100,000. 10,000. 10,000, right? Am I doing math right here? All right. Calculator. It's your turn, yeah. calculator. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Will's gone. Yep, that's fine. You already took me out of the last video. Yeah. I put you back in, though. All right, ready, guys? <laughs> We're going to do some calculations here. All right, we get, on average, 1,000. No, I'm just kidding. It's been about, it's about, wow, 200, it's about 200 <laughs> yeah. views. So let's see, what's that? What do we got to get there? So we got to divide 250,000 by 200. 200. It's like 1,000 views. Yeah, so if if, if we yeah, could get <laughs> this is nothing. One thousand two hundred fifty <laughs> times what we get now, we would have the bad. same number of views as you, Mangs. So we're in the same community of YouTube right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we also focused exclusively on Fire Emblem. On Fire Emblem, so. yes. yeah. That, that's what I, like for what I know Mangs for. He is the Fire Emblem YouTuber. Like I think people discover him. Like I discovered him through like watching you know Fire Emblem Let's Plays and hearing about this guy named Mangs. And his he's just really approachable. Like I'm a member of Fort Mangs on Facebook. Like he interacts with his fans a lot. He like he's kind of an elitist in some regards, because like, he really <laughs> likes to know genealogy of the Holy War. But man, he he'll play every Fire Emblem game. Like he played Revelation, so he hated it. He plays fan hacks, fan games. Mm-hmm. He does character spotlights where he'll go in depth and like talk about like a character. He'll just make these Heather's ridiculous these ridiculous memes. Yeah, Heather good. I watch I watch Mangs' content every day and it's like endlessly entertaining. And he and he collaborates with all the other Fire Emblem YouTubers. Like he's definitely Why like a isn't he collaborating with us then? No, I'm just kidding. We need to we need to do like a Binding Blade let's play. There you go. Like, yeah. Hey, I actually I had like six Fire Emblem let's plays on our other channel at one point in time. Never got a single comment from uh, Mangs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think he commented on a video that's got ten views. Like two views. Some yeah. dude some dude in a in a wife beater playing Fire Emblem. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love his collabs with like Mecca and Chazaria mm. LLC. Like right now I've been watching through again the Golden Deer Maniac playthrough I did with Chaz. And it's hilarious. Like he just has such a great sense of humor. And he's really humble, which is what I really think. Like, he, whenever, like, he does a stream and people ask him about, like, becoming a YouTuber, he's just, like, pretty honest and just, like, open about, like, everything that, like, he's gone through. And I, I really like Mangs. He's a great YouTuber. So you've already started to discuss stuff we like about their channel. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You jumped right into it. You got yeah. it. You jumped the gun. It's all good. Um, so I want to talk about what I like about his channel. And I like the fact that he's very genuine. Like, his reactions yeah. are, like, off the cuff. This oh. is how this is how I'm feeling right now about this particular scenario, right? And so him doing a reaction video to the Fire Emblem Three Houses trailer, I'm, I'm, like, thinking in my mind, like, oh, I remember how he reacted to this. Like, look, his guy's, like, mouth agape, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just love it. It's it, completely genuine. Also, not his reactions to like trailers and like Fire Emblem news, but like his reactions to like his Iron Man streams yeah. going poorly and are just so great. Hey, look at this. Scheduled for 419 at 3.30 p.m. 15 yeah. minutes from now, he's going live on Radiant oh, Dawn. Wa- oh, man. Mm. I watched his first Radiant Dawn one. And uh, Will, if you want to say something, that's good. Because I on. wanted to say something that I liked, but... No, go ahead. Just don't run into these. You're on a roll. Oh, I was going to write Heather Good. Too late. I don't, Heather I'm not Good. Si- I'm not signed in. I can't. Uh, oh, Heather well. Good. Yeah, his memes, just like making one of the worst characters in Fire Emblem, one of the best, is awesome. Like, <laughs> it's so rewarding to watch him, like, just dump items onto Heather. Oh, my <laughs> uh, but yeah, something that I do like about him going off of the like Iron Man streams that he does is like he's clearly good at Fire Emblem and like knows what he's talking about. Like he knows like unit growths and like like has memorized all this like stuff about characters. But in spite of that, he's kind of bad at Fire Emblem, <laughs> which is like so funny. Like he'll forget to check like enemy inventories. He'll forget mm-hmm. to check enemy ranges and we'll just get killed and it's so funny and i just love manx he's such a relatable youtuber i think because he's not like some pro that's out there like doing stuff like crazy he's like trying his best which is what we're all doing i think when we play fire emblem sometimes (laughs) and and to be fair there aren't any real pro fire emblem players (laughs) that's not necessarily a thing well, I'd say Mangs is, I guess. Like, I, I guess, yeah. like, Mangs, Mecca, Chaz, like, Gusaphone, like, all those guys do. I... Bargast. Yeah. <laughs> well, well what, did you, what have you liked about this guy? I know you haven't watched it a lot, but what do you like about yeah, this Yeah, well, I mean, I think you guys really covered most of the points I was going to say. Is, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm coming into this as not a huge Fire Emblem fan. Not that I don't like the series, I just haven't played a lot of the games yet. And so going into this, like at first, it's just like another let, another let's player, and it's about a series I'm not necessarily invested in. However, I like his commentary. I think he's pretty funny. And uh, again, like I don't remember who said it, but he's very genuine. So he's just entertaining to watch because it's like you know your buddy playing a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's somebody that if I'm sitting at work and I'm typing a document up or something, if I just put him on in the background and I don't like necessarily yeah. tune into every last thing he does. It's still funny to me because I'll catch like blips where he's like, what? And it's like, what do <laughs> yeah. you do? Oh, oh, okay. All right. We're back. We're good. All right. Start typing again. And he'd be like, oh, no. What? <laughs> What's going <laughs> exactly. on? Like I can just kind of tune into the parts that are really, really, really entertaining and just kind of listen to his commentary as he's playing through it. Eric's looking at me like. Uh, no, I'm just agreeing with you because <laughs> I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Like I, I turn him on at work. Sometimes I like oh, you bust turn out him laughing on at work, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, someone asked. <laughs> 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 All right, listen. So we build him up and we tear him down. So what's something that we think Mangs? I almost said Mecca. That would have been bad. <laughs> what's something oh, that no. Mangs? Mecca. Mecca is a perfect YouTuber. <laughs> I, he could not get any better. 
<laughs> more pitfalls, actually. We need more pitfall videos. Mecca. What? <laughs> what should Mangs do to improve his channel? What's something that we don't like? So it's not really a don't like, but I think his strength in some ways, if you're talking about like the mainstream YouTubers, is weakness. Like he only does like mm-hmm. Fire Emblem content. And if you're not like into Fire Emblem or know what Fire Emblem is, you probably won't seek him out. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe you'll seek him out if you're like interested in Fire Emblem and maybe want to like watch Let's Play to see if it's a game that might interest you. But I think that's sort of like his, like, like he's only. Don't want to say like he's only as popular as, as long as like Fire Emblem is yeah, popular. He's super but that's niche. like that's his niche, yeah, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. He's got the same problem that a lot of the Halo YouTubers have, which isn't necessarily a problem, but as the mm-hmm. game comes in and out, you know, like a new mm-hmm. game comes out, you're gonna see a huge spike. Like when Three Houses came out, I'm sure that his subscriber base oh, yeah. went up majorly. Yeah. But in the lull between games, the increase is only gonna go up if you yourself are producing content that is appealing to a wider audience than mm. just the Fire Emblem community. You know what I mean? Because yeah. anybody that wants to subscribe to you that loves Fire Emblem is probably already subscribed to you and you only gain a bigger subscriber base on big releases. Mm-hmm. At least the bigger jumps. Like, you know, when you're talking like 10,000 subs increases, that happens on a release of a Fire Emblem game. So that's, that's kind of a, a not necessarily a weakness, but like like you said, it's something that doesn't help him gain more subs. Being yeah, it, it boxes Fire him Emblem. in. And also, you know, along those points, I was worried just in the fact that he's always playing Fire Emblem. I, I give him credit for not being burned out on it yet. <laughs> yeah. However, yeah. I mean, that might happen. And then, you know, we're going to lose a good YouTuber because he's tired of playing the same game or the same, you know, series over and over and over again. Yeah. That's something that our buddy Installation Zero Zero did really well. Is he actually started a second channel mm-hmm. where he yes. does things other than Fire, uh, Fire other than Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I think that's one way to keep yourself from being burnt out. And not that not that Mangs will get burnt out because maybe he won't. But let's just say he just started another channel like Mangs 2.0 or something. All right, guys, I'm gonna play whatever the heck I want on this channel. Boom! Mm-hmm. Now he's got a variety yeah. of content he can play. But, well, it's funny because. I've watched a lot of his videos and he does play like world of Warcraft, but he never streams it or records it because for him, that's like himself. So he can never get like burned Mm. out on it, Hmm. which I think is really healthy. Like to do if you're a gaming YouTuber. Yeah, totally. Um, what are our predictions for Mang's channel? I think you kind of touched on it, Chris, you know, I think, yeah, I think he'll slowly gain subscribers, but he has branched out occasionally, and I think if he does it again, because, like, he did a Civ game one time, and, like, uh, he did a couple Airsoft videos and a couple of, like, cooking videos, so he has branched out before, and I think eventually he's going to, like, do something, like, you know, a meme or, like, maybe a famous, like, Let's Play moment, and I think that'll, like, blow him up even more, but... As far as like Fire Emblem goes, I think as Fire Emblem gets more popular and more mainstream, he is just mm-hmm. going to get more popular and more mainstream. I, w- I yeah. would definitely agree with that. The more mainstream games like Three Houses, the ones that sell the millions of copies that come out, the bigger his channel will get. It, it's yeah. pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, it, it won't surprise... Because I think he definitely will hit 100k in the next two years for sure. Probably. Like I think, yeah. So it won't surprise me when he does. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be honestly. My my prediction is, um, with the next DLC for Fire Emblem coming out in the near future, he'll see a spike to probably ninety or so by then. 
you know, the second the DLC comes out, if he downloads it, he'll be at 90. Even if he just reacts to the download, like, Mang's just sitting there watching the download screen. There you go. Make that video. I want to see what you do when you're sitting there waiting for the download to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, like eating popcorn or something. Eric's like, Eric's like, I'm bored with this. No, I was just checking my notes. I wrote a bunch of notes about, like, Mang's, and I, like, covered them already. I was like... Because I wrote down his like subscribers and stuff too. I was like, oh, Chris already like wrote these down. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I love his collabs. Like he and Chaz Aria, Chaz Aria LLC, another great Fire Emblem YouTuber. Like they're hilarious together. And Mecca and Mangs are like classic. Like if you if you're interested in Path of Radiance or like Radiant Dawn, I definitely recommend watching his like Let's Plays. Not for the story mm-hmm. if you don't want to get because he skips the story because it's all like gameplay. But if you're interested in like the gameplay. I think that's a great place to start. Or just wait until my GameCube live streaming yeah. starts. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen soon. Live streaming. Yeah. I've got the uses, setup finally. I think he uses Dolphin emulator. Or uh, actually, this is what I wanted to say is if you can't get enough of like Fire Emblem, like you're obsessed with it, like Mangs is, definitely check him out because he'll point you in the direction of the fan games and the fan mm-hmm. hacks, like uh, The Last Promise, uh, Pride and Justice, uh, The Crimson Arm. Mm-hmm. Like, which are some of them are like pretty good, like pretty fun. Like I've played through Crimson Arm, and it's it's fun. Um, I was just gonna say, Mangs, you gotta you gotta do it like I do though. You gotta get the GameCube plus the component cable, plus the component cable to HDMI mm-hmm. converter, and then hook that into the HDMI of your computer, and boom, directly off the GameCube. All right, mm-hmm. it only took me two years to figure it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only two, two short years. Because <laughs> I kept thinking I was going to get one of those OSSCs, but you know, like like the Frame Meister or something like that. But I was like, nah, I'm good. So, anyways, I'm, that was a joke. Obviously, don't go spend two hundred dollars on a component cable if you don't already have one. Um, but what I will say is, Mangs, if you watch this video, please make sure in your next video to say, "I love you, Eric Burke." All right, <laughs> that will make his whole life, <laughs> and and you can come on the Curlcast anytime you uh, want, yeah. provided that you actually tweet me back. Um, <laughs> you'll be cooler than Mecca if you do that. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> Mecca has challenged you. No. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Eric. And we will see you on next Curlcast. That's yes. right. And I didn't click the button, so. That was just awkward. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Eric. And this is what, Will? It's Wild Cow Wednesday. We're not talking about Mangs today. No, I'm just kidding. Um, We're going to be doing our top three Fire Emblem games, Mm -hmm. despite what the thumbnail says. Thumbnail is misleading. (laughs) Don't trust that thumbnail. It's not five points. Mm -mm. (laughs) Yeah, and definitely not hashtag FE, because we're not talking about Tokyo Mario Sessions. Five points! Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry, I had to do the gore. If you... If you don't know what this thumbnail is, 
you gotta you gotta check it out. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> this is this Wednesday episode is like a bunch of memes thrown together, and then we're actually gonna get serious about Fire Emblem. All right, so <laughs> Will, why don't you give us your number three? Number three. Oh man, I'm gonna start with number one. Hmm. All right, so you guys are gonna jump down my throat. This is why I wanted to shorten the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're ready. You're ready to get number mad three. at me. Number this. three. Number three. Awakening. <laughs> what? That's oh, good. No, no, I respect that. I respect yeah. that. Awakening's a great game. Yeah. I think it's a good entry point to the series for someone who hasn't played, and I like the fact it was a casual mode, and I'm going to defend this because I think more games should have casual modes. <laughs> what are you, an IGN reporter? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Secretly, yes, I do this on the side. I gave it a 9.6. He's like that guy in uh, Cuphead that uh, couldn't actually get through the first tutorial yeah. level. <laughs> don't make fun of me for, i didn't <laughs> yeah, i didn't either but i had my controller configured wrong you have to ask my oh friend what are you like, i was like yeah because we were joking about it and then we started playing cub and i'm like i'm pressing the button and nothing's happening so i was just like my little dude is like you know bouncing up and down and then they're like something's wrong and we're like oh i assigned my jump to the wrong button so that yeah, is IGN, don't funny. bag ign yeah i agree with will like i think no the, no, the like guy the guy and i the ign cuphead player he deserved everything he got he <laughs> did he didn't do the, it literally says the double jump in the tutorial and he was doing a single jump and wouldn't wouldn't continue mm-hmm. anyways he just wasn't following the tutorial that, that was like how do you not follow the tutorial <laughs> I got through that part, and I got through a couple of bosses. But I was going to say, really I was going to say, you could, you yeah. got through that. I know yeah. you, beat, yeah. you beat a Awakening. boss, and you told that, me. Right, yeah, back to Fire Emblem Awakening. I respect Will's choice. I agree with I everything Will said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Will likes Awakening at number three. What do you got? At number three, Eric. Path of Radiance is my number. Number three. three? Yeah, number three mm. is Path of Radiance. Oof. Uh, Path of Radiance, it's an incredible story. It's a great visual novel. I think that's, if you want the sort of like classic Fire Emblem experience, I think that's a great entry point into the series. It's just hours of fun. It's a deep, you know, it, it's just, you can do so much with it and you can learn that game so well. And you can really play around with like some of the lower tier characters on like other runs. And the story is memorable. Like, that's what I got to say. I love the story of Path of Radiance. It's really, really well written. And you just step into the world of Tellius, and it feels, like, real. Even though there's, like, you know, furries and, like, lagoons <laughs> running around. It just feels – it's super memorable. And it's it's got great characters. Like, that's my number three, Path of Radiance. And I just wanted to reiterate, we're only doing the NTSC games. So if you're looking for the Japanese games, go watch Mangs. Um, anyways <laughs> – <laughs> my number three is Fire Emblem Blazing Sword. Okay. Ooh, okay. I love this game to death, and uh, oops, I, st- I I can go back to this game and play it. It's one of those games that like is evergreen for me. I can like there's a lot of new games that are really fun that I enjoy a lot, but I get done with them and I never played them again. Um, and asterisk on these top three only because i haven't played three houses enough to put it in my top three yet so it won't be in my top three spoilers um (laughs) i i really like it it's definitely my top five but without having completed enough of the stories i can't honestly put it in my top three yet or else i'd be a liar so i'm not going to do that um but fire emblem seven fire emblem blazing sword I have gone back and played that game like every five years. I'll go back and replay it like three times. It's a game mm-hmm. that is fresh every time I play it. And 
for that, I, I can't rank it less than three. It's it's a really good game with a lot of replay value, and it's worth it playing it now, even if you played Three Houses. Go back and play the first game to make it to North America. It's the reason why Three Houses is here now today, aside from mm-hmm. Smash Bros. Um, <laughs> and it's just a legacy game. It's really good. It's one of the best. And even if it was as rushed as the story said in the background, um, mm-hmm. it's just... I can't I can't not put it at number three. It's really re- amazing. It's got one of the best stories, and Hector Hard Mode is great. <laughs> and the guiding chapters actually exist, unlike in other... Great. <laughs> Some parts... All right. We could do a whole like series on Hector Hard Mode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eric or Will, who wants to go next for number two? I think Will, yeah. Will yeah, Hero. I guess that would be nice, yeah. All right, so this is going to be cheating, and I will be 100% honest with our viewers. I have not played this game. However, I watched a ton of Let's Plays for this in preparation for this video. (laughs) And um, uh, this is going to make me so embarrassed. Before you finish this, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? Before you No, Chris, I'm talking. Yeah, I was listening to Will Will be correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, the thing is, like, obviously I haven't played it, but, man, it looks amazing. It looks like people, like, everyone you talk to loves this game. I think every review has been glowing. The gameplay looks really crisp, and the character models look really crisp. And I've I've been told and I've seen that the story is actually compelling, actually worth going through, and actually worth going the different paths. Um, So, yeah, I would definitely put that in my number two. Yeah, I hope you do play it. It is worth playing, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, if we're going my number two, so my number two I'm stealing from Chris, which is my number two is Blazing Sword. I move that. That's in my number two spot. For a lot of the same reasons Chris said, like the story is great. I've gone back to that game and replayed it, and it still, it still feels like something that could have just come out. It, it's really refreshing and really evergreen was the word Chris put it. But I'll never forget like experiencing that like fantasy epic for the first time or like the joy at beating like hector hard mode for the first time and just it's a great game it's got a good story it's got a good challenge and it will stick with you like i still remember Mm -hmm. all the story beats of that game like it's wonderful the characters are great and it's it's bittersweet like it really it's a bittersweet story it's wonderful i Mm -hmm. highly recommend blazing sword like if you're a fan of farm at all you've got to check it out so i found what i was looking at earlier look at this Okay. So he's he's talking about how his introduction to Fire Emblem was Fire Emblem Fates, and they have him go back and play Blazing Sword, right? So he's looking mm-hmm. at the Choose Your Path part of Fates, and it says, Defend Hoshido, fight with Nora, refuse to choose a side, join the battle and smash. Yeah, this is from the, the trailer for uh, Bro- uh, not Robin, Corrin being added to Smash. Right, but I didn't, yeah. I don't remember this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a huge trailer with like Corrin's gonna be in Smash. This is it because Corrin's like, I oh choose gosh. to Smash. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Smash or pass, Smash Bros. Yeah, Smash. <laughs> that's what right. you should always choose. Anyways, <laughs> my number two. You guys are all gonna be shocked. My number two, Fire Emblem Path Radiance. Okay. Ooh. Un- okay, I'm excited. Yeah. Unforgettable game. All right, it is one of my all-time favorite games. All three of these top three are part of my all-time favorite games. Um, and Path of Radiance is one of those games that I will never forget 
putting in my GameCube for the first time, grabbing my controller, booting it up, and seeing 3D visuals in a Fire Emblem game, I couldn't believe it. I was, like, blown <laughs> away. It had animated CGI cutscenes. That had never happened in a Fire Emblem game. That had never happened in any game that I played that was, like, an RPG. Like, it was, like... Okay, now we mean business. Now we mean business. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it starts off with him doing like this training session with you know his dad and then this axe fighter named uh, is it, isn't it Boyd? Boyd. Yeah. Boyd. I yeah. Boyd. I, I have a hard time remembering names, so just forgive me on that one. Um, but I got it right. And then Mist. He's defending his mm-hmm. little sister. Who doesn't love a guy that can defend his little sister? All right, come on. Anyways, the whole storyline is so sad and so compelling for Ike to take on the Grail mercenaries and live up to his father's name and fight eventually his father's nemesis to finish the game off on top of, you know, taking down an entire kingdom. But mm-hmm. fighting alongside the Lagoos, which is, you know, a noble, very, very noble cause, and the music. Probably some of the best music in the whole series is in Path of Radiance. Um, and it, it gets better over time, but Path of Radiance was the, the break away from the 8-bit, 16-bit music into fully fledged symphony orchestra music and yeah it was a huge transition which i don't know i I don't know how you can make that type of a leap in sound quality again you can't you're (laughs) already there it's like going from 2d to 3d cats out of the box all right nothing will have as much of an impact as path of radiance did on the fire emblem series because of that reason in music in the 3d 2d to 3d world and the fact that they went back to the weird pseudo 3D and Shadow Dragon, but <laughs> mm-hmm. anyways, let's forget that. Path one. Radiance is number two for me. So right. amazing game. Okay, what's your number one? Well, can you guess, Chris? Is it Path Radiance? It's not Path Radiance. No. Is it Radiant I was Dawn? Three CS seven seven six. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So my number one is you know Fire Emblem Seven. Yeah. Okay. mm Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the one that introduced me to the series. It's the, uh, you know, the first one that got me all to the mechanics and everything. And I still remember when I lost my first character because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that, you know, I was, you know, I'm not going to swear. I thought I was all that. <laughs> and, um, I was, you know, blowing through the first couple chapters with no problem. And I was like, this game is kind of easy. And then all of a sudden I just lost one of my characters because I forgot to knock down one of the walls. And like this guy like knocked it down on himself came out and shot my character. I was like, no, didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> and it's like, obviously, like the little pixels, you can see that the walls will break, but I didn't I completely miss it. Um, anyway, so that was great. And then, you know, just the intro of that game, I think starts it off as, is great with uh, Lindus is, um, you know, oh, saying yeah. some, some weird things and you get like kind of an emotional sexual attraction to <laughs> this person. <laughs> I mean, this, kind of the game really throws that in your face. Yes, Lindus it totally story. does. That she, that she, likes you yeah yeah you are such a great warrior can i come with you and she says a lot of weird things though like i found you in the grass naked or something <laughs> no that was fire Not that fates. but no i'm just kidding i sent you i sent chris pictures of like the, yeah, intro, like, the first couple screens like what did you get me <laughs> <laughs> but no i love this game yeah definitely my number one 
Then you find out she's actually into Hector. No. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that is like I think that's the canonical pairing, but I'm not sure. Yeah, they <laughs> never, even they never really. One. Yeah, they never really. Yeah, it's never good... revealed who Lolina's mom is, but I think it's Hector and Lynn. It's got to be because I ship I ship Elwood and Ninja, not Elwood Lynn. That's a trash pairing. <laughs> plus, plus Roy doesn't make sense if you ship him with Lynn. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, right. um, Eric, what's your number one? My number one is probably no surprise, but it's Fire Emblem Three Houses. Like, it's one of the best games I've ever played. And it was the first game that I've played in years that, like, hooked me immediately. And I was riding the hype train. Like, I, you know, ordered the special edition because I thought the trailers looked so good. And then I played the game, and it, like, surpassed all of my expectations. I thought the school system was so well implemented. The story is really, like, it's emotional, Esther. I, I like not. I, I like cried at some point during this <laughs> game. It gets sad. It's like, and it it's really awesome, and it gives you like such a, I think at least like a feeling of accomplishment, but without doing sort of like avatar worship that like Fates is like known for, mm-hmm. and it gives you so much freedom to like, you know, build your characters however you want them to be built. Like people like do fun builds where they take like characters that are bad at flying and make them like flyers or mm-hmm. people are bad at heavy armor and will make them like good at heavy armor. And it it really nails this like theme of like connectivity and like loss and like war and like perspective. And it it's it's a stunning game. It's a beautiful, beautiful score. I it, it, it's my favorite score actually. And that says a lot because I also like the Path of Radiance score a lot. But this one takes sort of that like classical music and then infuses it with like some dubstep and some more modern sort of like techno Mm -hmm. beats and it works really well it's a great game to get lost in and it has so much replayability like really which i hadn't felt since fire emblem 7 like of like choosing different stories and this one you get to choose different stories and see Mm -hmm. completely different things happen and i love three houses i cannot recommend it enough it's definitely my favorite game that came out in 2019 so yeah i see your fire emblem three houses music and i raise you lion king canagus um no, I'm just kidding. whoa did we lose did we lose eric oh no what's happening whoa <laughs> i raised him king lion king canagus and he dropped out <laughs> hold on oh let me get him back he dropped completely out of skype yeah i see that i don't know what happened he just noped out of here. He did. He noped. He was done. The video was <laughs> taking too long. <laughs> well, that was weird. Sorry about that. I like. <laughs> I said I raised you Lion King Canigus and you just you just gone. <laughs> yep. <He's> gone. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I don't know. It was like you've been signed out of Skype, but then it signed me right back in. That was so weird. Know. Weird. That's weird. Uh, that, anyway, that, that was the power of Lion King Canigus <laughs> telling you Three Houses music isn't better than Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's so funny because it's got that like loud like, you know, it's like it actually almost sounds like um like a like it could be a Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Honestly, that's yeah. that specific song. But you're all curious. What's Chris's number one Fire Emblem mm-hmm. game? Yeah. And I think it should be pretty obvious at this heroes. point. <laughs> yeah, heroes. Warriors. No. Vanilla <laughs> emblem. <laughs> Fire Emblem. I know what it is. Echoes. Yep. Yeah, I knew it. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's Echoes. Yep. Yeah. I have not had a game. Like, let me just say this. Like, what you just said about Fire Emblem Three Houses, the whole time you're talking about it, I'm just thinking Echoes. Like, there was, that was the, That's great. Yeah. It was like one of the few games on the 3DS that I picked up and I was like, 
eh, and I like started playing Fates and Awakening. And then I put this in the 3DS, and it did not leave my 3DS until I was done with the whole game like a week later. And I have not played a game awesome. that quickly in like ages. I mm-hmm. love Fire Emblem Echoes. It's if it was like the hundred and however much I paid for the special edition of Fire Emblem Fates, I would have paid that for Echoes. If it was the same price as Radiant or Radiant Dawn, Path of Radiance, I would have paid that for Echoes. Echoes is just wow, okay, super polished. The story is amazing, even with some of the gameplay mechanics being weird with them dropping the weapons triangle and um, the dungeon crawling, which. It was pretty good. I like the dungeon crawling, actually. I, some people don't. I thought it was pretty good. Um, but I really, really enjoyed this game. I thought the mechanics were so polished for coming from 1992 of all of all time frames. Um, what they did to make this a modern Fire Emblem game is so impressive to me. It, it's I can't think of very many games that translated so well from the 90s to now. Even the Persona games did not translate as well from the 90s to now as this game did going from old school Fire Emblem to this what this is which is not iterative it's like complete re-transformation re-imagining of how this game should have played in the 90s and it made it epic it's probably one of the most epic games I've ever played um, and if you haven't played it, which it sounds like Eric hasn't played it either, but he's just watched the thing. No, I've just I was so connected it, yeah. to this game. The one thing that <laughs> stuck out to me is like, whoops, that really messed with the story. There's like one level right at the end um, where you can kind of break the mechanics of this game. And I, I did this because <laughs> I wanted to do it. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. Um, you can actually, with a couple of characters and some manipulation of moves... No, no cheating. You don't have to cheat to do this. You can do this with no cheating whatsoever. I mm-hmm. managed to warp my main character, you know, um, right next to the king on the castle, which finishes the <laughs> level, mm-hmm. and just just knock that guy right off, right off the castle. Oh my gosh! And I finished, that. I finished yeah. the game in one turn, <laughs> essentially yeah. one turn. Mang Mangs did that a couple of times because you can abuse warp in Echoes a lot. Yeah. But the story was so so good. And it was one of the last games I could not put down. Right now, my yeah. current I can't put down game is Persona Q, which I never expected. But <laughs> Echo is far and above my favorite Fire Emblem game with an asterisk on three houses because I haven't finished it yet. Not, not to the All extent right. that I'd be willing to actually rank it. Mm-hmm. So that one would probably be up there. I just don't know where it would fall yet. So that's me. Fire Emblem Echoes, right. number one. Um, so do you guys want to throw out any, like... How about this? What's the worst Fire Emblem game? Heroes. Oh, Revelation. Worse than I like. Worse than Shadow well. Dragon. Revelation. You like that? You thought that was worse than Shadow Dragon? Wait, me? Yeah. Revelation. Worse yeah. than Shadow Dragon? Yeah, because like Shadow Dragon has fun gameplay, and <laughs> Revelations doesn't. <laughs> Revelations is just so gimmicky. Well, Conquest had good gameplay. Like Birthright was like. Meh. <laughs> and then, like, mm-hmm. Revelation's just like, hey, we heard you like shoveling snow for an hour. <laughs> or, like, hey, look at these, like, weird doors. And, and the ice level where you, like, slid across the ice, like Legend of Zelda, and it just ruined every. Yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my, my least favorite one is probably the OG version of Gaiden, but that's a Japanese title, so I no, guess... that's I'll... fair. Those games are pretty clunky. I, I can mm-hmm. accept that. If I was going to stick to just NTSC titles, 
it's a toss-up between uh, you're gonna hate this Awakening and Sacred Stones. Was the worst, really? Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I like it's gotta That's be Awakening because because Sacred Stone Sacred Stones to me is is a step above Awakening. I just feel like Awakening is so broken. Well. Okay, that's fair. You can break Awakening so I just because like yeah. within within ten minutes, I had characters from other games, and I literally could not lose. Yeah, it was like you could get also just pair up system. Yeah, Van- pair up I don't system think that breaks makes it sense. too. Pair up vantage like Gale Force broken like yeah. But like I don't think that makes it a bad game because I had fun and I would yeah. play like Awakening and Sacred Stones as like in between games, you know, where you just want like an easy game and you're just like, yeah, I could just like breeze through this and have fun. <laughs> but I love way. Awakening and Sacred Stones. I am far more likely to finish Fates than I am to finish Awakening my second playthrough. Really? Yes. Wow, that, uh, that's sad because I love wow. Awakening. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. <laughs> All right. So that, yeah. What about you, Will? What do you think the worst Fire Emblem game is? I don't know. I don't think I've played enough of them to actually have a, an honest opinion on this. I mean, there's obviously there's the ones that everyone already knows about. So like you know the ones that people like to less, do less plays of that are terrible. So that's why they're doing it, and everyone hates them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I could just list off one of those, but I, I think I should reserve judgment because I haven't played enough for myself. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, of the ones I've played, I've enjoyed them. So yeah, I should have just put like a big like you know no crossing sign on this video and just put awakening <laughs> under it and then just use that as clickbait like the worst yeah, fire emblem game the ever worst fire emblem game. <laughs> it's not it's destroyed not. the series but it's so hard because all of the fire emblem games are actually good mm-hmm. yeah i would argue like even revelations is like you know it's a fun game and it's a fun concept if nothing else it's better <laughs> than shining force <laughs> I've kidding. never played Shining Force, so I've tried it. Um, and if I had to give an honorable mention to a series that's similar to Fire Emblem, because there's not that many, um, mm-hmm. actually, Lord of the Rings: The Third Age on the Game Boy Advance is basically Fire Emblem with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, hmm. I would say as far as like games that are similar to Fire Emblem, I have two actually that come to mind: XCOM. Oh yeah, one, oh, it's, yeah. it's yeah, Fire Emblem like with XCOM. guns, and uh, Final Fantasy Tactics yep. is like pretty close yeah. to Fire Emblem. And there's also uh, Ogre uh, Tactics Ogre. Oh. Tactics Ogre, yeah, that's another one. And Will knows about this one because I've shared it before. Joan, or, uh, Jean Dark. Mm-hmm. Jean Dark, okay. Mm-hmm. Like Joan of Arc? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yep. So anyways, all right, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Eric. And we will see you on the next Curlcast. Bye, guys. Come on. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Eric. And today is Throwback Thursday. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you guys will remember that I really love Mario Party 2. So I'm going to give you guys some stats here. All right. Fire Emblem Path of Radiance was originally released 15 years ago. All right. On the GameCube on April 20th, 2005 in Japan and October 17th, 2005 in North America for the GameCube as well. In the EU is 11-4-2005, and in the AU, which is Australia, 12-1-2005. This game has never been re-released, which is unfortunate and just a complete sin of on the industry of all of Fire Emblem. <laughs> all 
All right. Yes. The game sold approximately 154,000 copies in Japan with no worldwide sales figures available to anybody in any other country whatsoever. For some reason, Nintendo just doesn't release that kind of information. Due to it being released so late in the GameCube's lifespan, this game did not sell well as well as it could have, and it is one of the most expensive mass-produced GameCube games ever. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the most expensive Fire Emblem game. Um, Fire Emblem Path of Radiance was the first console release of a Fire Emblem game since Thracia 776 released on the Super Famicom back in 1999 with a six-year hiatus between the releases. It was marked as the 15th anniversary of the original Fire Emblem game being released by launching on the same date 15 years later. Um, it was originally released in Japan on 420-1990, if you remember from episode uh, Monday. Monday episode. Episode Monday. <laughs> That's right, Monday episode. Fire Emblem Path of Radiance was the first 3D Fire Emblem game. So, the legacy... That is, Fire Emblem on consoles was restored by Fire Emblem Path Radiance on the GameCube. And continued on with Wii Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn, which is, uh, yeah, that's basically all I've got. Last thoughts, boys. <laughs> Make it quick. Yeah, uh, thank you. I think you've already said it. This game needs to be re-released, and yes, I would love to absolutely. see at least a digital download of it for on the Switch. Yeah, I definitely want to reiterate, you know, there was definitely a resurgence, I think, in the popularity of Path of Radiance after Fates because people mm-hmm. wanted, like, a good story in a Fire Emblem game. And they, it was either Path of Radiance or, like, Genealogy. And, like, I don't <laughs> think people wanted to, like, track down de- Genealogy as much. If you want to play Path of Radiance, like, Dolphin Emulator, I believe, you can do it if you don't have a GameCube and don't want to spend a bunch of money mm-hmm. on it. But it's a great game. You should check it out. And uh, definitely don't pay $200 for this game. I yeah, mean, don't. It's great. Yeah. I would pay emulate that. It, but... <laughs> emulate it or wait until Shadows of Radiance, please, be released to <laughs> Nintendo. Or please. borrow buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Or borrow yeah. friends, Chris. yeah. Oh, jeez. Nope, it ain't going to St. Louis. All right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> As always, buy this game. No, just go play it. Find a way to play it. Um, I'm not going to advocate for sailing out to the high seas, but figure out how to play it. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, if you want to know more about it, go look up the video from Wednesday or Monday because we've discussed this game at length already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great game. Ike, blue hair, Japanese. As always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Merrick. And we will see you on next Quillcast tomorrow. See ya. This is the Curlcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm Eric. And uh, yesterday's video is a little short, huh? <laughs> it was and a little so short, you know. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. What's, uh, what's today, Will? It is Fandom Friday. Oh, yeah. And what are we doing for Fandom Friday? We are recommending either a book, video game, board game, or a show to our audience. All right. Who don't watch these videos. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's going to go first. All right, yeah, so I chose a book for Fandom Friday. Uh, I chose, I don't know if you'll be able to, like, see it because I've got the blur thing on Skype. <laughs> it's inappropriate. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it, it is a very heavy book. Uh, so the book I'm recommending today is Homicide, A Year on the Killing Streets by David Simon. It's a non-fiction... Is it an instructional manual? Uh, no, I mean, in some ways it is, but, like, okay. it's, a, it's a non-fiction book. It's about... 
this reporter, who David Simon, he's not really a character in the book, but everything's kind of told from his perspective, who is following the homicide department of the Baltimore Police Department around for one year in 1988 to 1989. And he really goes in depth talking about these really horrific crimes that the homicide unit deals with. Uh, he talks a lot about the detectives and what they're like as people. It really demystifies the sort of romantic sort of like detective, like say if you've seen uh, Knives Out or like Sherlock Holmes or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. It's like these guys are good at their jobs, like these detectives, but they're very desensitized to like a lot of the horrible crimes that they see. Uh, the book follows the department and like the homicide unit as they sort of like compete on this thing called the board. Uh, mm-hmm. What they do is they're just like, you know, there's this big whiteboard and they mark what cases are solved, like what squad has the most solves. And it sort of takes a lot of like the humanity out of murders. And the main story of the book follows this murder of a 11 year old girl named Latanya Wallace to to this day. Unfortunately, it's never been solved. And the book really mm-hmm. dives deep in on like what challenges like these officers face like whether it's limited resources whether it's like criminals that are better armed than they are whether it's like the city of baltimore's like politics like coming to get them and like throw them under the bus whether it's just like an apathy in the like court system uh there's a really haunting chapter where there's like this really uh this crime that's like being prosecuted uh this murder and it's like an open and shut murder but like the jury just like doesn't care and it's only because like these two people on the jury like actually cared that they got like a conviction in this crime and it, it gave me i really recommend this book if you're a fan of like crime or even if you're not because like i think it's very you know in today's sort of political climate you know people like to villainize police officers and like i this gave me a lot of empathy for the police and like what mm-hmm. they have to deal with and like just things aren't really as clear-cut and like uh how they are like you know implementing like new measures to, like try and you know fix things but it's not really working mm-hmm. because like at least in the book like the baltimore police department has in the 80s it had like this sort of uh this sort of reputation for being like very racist and like in this book there's a lot of like black detectives that are like working to like try and like undo this sort of like perception Mm -hmm. that the public has because uh, a sad thing that happens in the book is a lot of times like witnesses and like people in the public won't help the police because they're scared to like kill someone or that they will be victimized by the police and how they're trying to like fight against that and how maybe even in today because this book was written in the 80s and now it's like 2020 and like things maybe they're worse now or maybe they're better Mm But I, I definitely recommend it. It does a great job of humanizing like police officers and what they do and how just like horrific crimes are. And it's just very relentless. It's very bleak and it's a great read. And it, it's it's a hard read because it goes into detail, like especially with the Latanya Wallace murder, where it's like the, this little girl is like brutally killed. And it's just like it, it's a tough read, but I I've had a great time reading it. Cool. Go check it out. It's twelve bucks on Kindle. Yeah. Apparently, it's yep. like thirty-six bucks on hardcover. So yeah, I, I have the paperback. So I don't know. Yeah, thirty-six hardcover. Not sure. Yeah. Five to five dollar paperback. There you go. All right. Well, what you got? All right. So my recommendation is completely different. It's not heavy at all, um, but it's something I discovered during this recent. I have a feeling world I know what event. it is. 
I don't know if you know what it is. It's uh, I'm going to recommend a TV show. So Community. Oh, okay. Okay. Oof, yeah. Tiger King. No, 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 no. I although that is hilarious and crazy and just the most <laughs> ridiculous story ever. Community is not necessarily as crazy, but I do fall in love with how crazy the characters are. And it's one of those shows where I actually like the side characters more than the main characters. Um, so I, I'm I'm so sick of Britta and Jeff, <laughs> but I like basically every other character in that show. Um, and just the crazy cutaways to like Chang. If you watch the show, you know what I'm talking about Chang and he has these crazy plots. Like he lives in the air ducts with the monkey, and then he become he's like becoming like a totalitarian dictator as the security guard of the school, and it's just it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, definitely a slow burn show though. So like not every scene is necessarily funny. However, it does ramp up, and also has Chevy Chase in it, and John yeah. Goodman occasionally. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. He he does appear from time to time in Community, mm. doesn't he? <laughs> I'm not going to say a lot about this, but just go watch Canadian Bacon. <laughs> With uh, right. uh, John Candy? Yes. Just, yeah, go, watch, not... just, <laughs> Wait, just go watch Canadian Bacon. That's a different Bacon. John. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's got the best rendition of Born in the USA um, in the van. And uh, definitely uh, the most interesting war between U.S. and Canada ever. Um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in, in all seriousness, it's a hilarious movie. Um, good, good laugh. Want to watch some pop? Want to watch a movie? Eat some popcorn. Enjoy a little comedy. <laughs> yeah, say something else. <laughs> <laughs> the Space Needle. Um, anyways, yeah. um, that's all I've got. Just go watch Canadian Bacon. It's good. Um, <laughs> I don't really have much to say about it. <laughs> Yeah. Eric gave this great description of his book and I'm like, community is funny, has weird characters and then Chris is like, watch this movie <laughs> Yeah, I don't we know. started off really else. strong go, go watch, um, go read uh, Goosebumps I don't know Goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> good yeah. The movie with Jack Black's pretty good too Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Legends of Andor, board game, also good Go check that Ooh, out too I've never, I've never heard of Legends of Andor Me either. It's like Fire Emblem the board game Okay mm. If I was a little more awake, I'd give you more than that. But <laughs> they have like scenarios, like an RPG. You move the characters from oh, the map. Cool. It's nice. fun. Yeah, sounds it's, fun. It's really cool. Go check it out. Legends of Andor. Um, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm Eric. And we really appreciate Eric coming on here Thanks. and dealing yeah, with our thank silliness. You for- no, thank you for having me on this week. Like this was really great. I hope I was, you know, a good guest and enlightened some people about Fire Emblem and yes, Homicide. So I think yeah, we, I think we enlightened me. I think we heavily front loaded this podcast. Yeah, Monday. we were. We were very <laughs> yeah, we blew our load yeah, in the first one. <laughs> but seriously, Eric's gonna come on again sometime within the next yeah, year. At least once sure, a year, right? Absolutely. Yeah, at least once a year, maybe more. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As always, I'm Chris. I think I already did this. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and we are the crook ass we'll see you later I don't know I don't know what I'm saying anymore we're just gonna go whoop